We are live. Sweet. Or, How are you feeling? Why are you feeling? Why, why are you feeling great? Um, work's been going good. I'm just been really busy, and I like being busy. And not busy is a good thing. Yes, makes the mind preoccupied with other things than internal <laughs> existential like crisis. Exactly. I like to be busy, so I don't. I get distracted from my own depression. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I've been off meds for two so weeks because I forget to refill them, but I've been doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Great, I love it. Sweet. Yes. What did you What did you do today? Um, I organized welcome bags for kids who are going into quarantine. To what the? Welcome I feel like the... you've been doing this for like the last three weeks. Well, because I have to make new bags Just... whenever there's new kids going into quarantine. Oh, every time. <laughs> Welcome oh to jail. Um, what else did I do today? Uh, we got projectors in for every hall, so I organized all of those and figured out. Oh, so, so we can how, watch. So you can watch movies. Yeah, and I had to like figure out if like the setup for all of them to like program them so they're all ready to go and put batteries in all those remotes, which that was tedious. But honestly, repetitive stuff is kind of meditative to me. So. It was nice. Yes, puzzles. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Yes. Except the puzzles, I'm delaying Ooh. giving to the kids because I might be doing them first and then giving them to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's abuse of power. I mean, I'm choosing puzzles that I no. like, so why not choose them, <laughs> do them first? Oh yeah, no, no. That's that's perfectly fine. That's exactly what you need to do. It is an abuse of power, you have though. That's fun in your job. Exactly. And that fun is being Sweet. able to ride around on a golf cart at all times to deliver things. <laughs> uh, that's also really fun. Except the golf cart doesn't have a windshield and there's just a blizzard, so it's not ideal today is or there last bl night. Is there a blizzard right now? No, there was one last night. We got like six inches of snow. Really? Yeah. Yes. Massachusetts. Yes. Gotta love it. <laughs> I mean, it looks pretty now, the snow, it. but I know in two days it's just going to be brown and disgusting. And... Gray and yes. ugly. Blah. Blech. Blech. And that's why I'm going to Costa Rica for Sweet. spring break. <laughs> Woo! Nice. <laughs> Literally, we're the all, like, everyone in the parsonage were like, let's go somewhere, Costa Rica, because, like, Ari, of course, knows someone who owns a hostel and will give us... A room or a house, basically for free. So we're all going. Really? Yeah. All like all of you? Yeah. Most of you. Yeah. All of you. All of it. Well, except for Jan because he's going to Jimmy. Germany to visit his girlfriend who plays professional volleyball. But besides that, all of us. Well, Jan sucks. <laughs> Thank you. What? I've been saying that for years. What about, what about Mustache Man? My dad? Mustache? No. <laughs> oh. Oh. Did he um, have a mustache? Yeah. Does my dad have a mustache? Yes. <laughs> um, no, not your dad. <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking I about. I forgot what. I forgot what his nickname was. I do too. Also, I don't think I pronounce it correctly, um, but I do know who you're talking about, and I hope not. Um, Turns out he has a significant other who believes that she is in tune with, um, she thinks she's a witch. 
which is very entertaining. A witch? Yes. Yeah. So that's interesting because that's I don't, uh, like mafia. I'm just thinking of mafia immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Different than that, but yes. Oh, okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. Which so is, have you dis- have you discussed this witchness? Um. With some other people in the house, yes. They're kind of scared of her, oh, but, but I find her. it very... No, I haven't met her yet, but I find it um, mm. very entertaining. I'm sure. I'm sure there's uh, some wisdom, or at least entertainment, in the whole matter. Oh, yes, because the guys are kind of scared of her because of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. I just, like, I can see RJ just, like... Get the fuck away. <laughs> just like carrying a cross everywhere. Like, Caleb is just like, I'm just gonna go upstairs. It is kind of Caleb it. that's mostly scared of, of her. <laughs> I was like, what are you scared of? Like, she's gonna like put a spell on that like traps you in her trance of being in love with her or something. I was like, well, maybe that's how right. she traps mustache well, she has, man. She has mustache man. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> exactly. Do you believe in love potions or like... There was that. What, what is that film? Love Potion Number Nine. Uh. What do you mean? Have you ever heard of it? That movie? No. Yeah. Oh, Love Potion. On, it's a 1992 uh, film, and there's a, it's a love potion, <laughs> and it's about like probably like you know love triangles and him wanting to fall in love with her and her falling in love with it, but all this stuff. It's really cool. It's a mm-hmm. it's a romantic comedy with Sandra Bullock. Oh. And, uh, you mean yeah, so, is it called Practical Magic or is it called Love Potion Nine? It's called Love Potion Number Nine. Oh, well, because she's in another witch movie. It's called Practical Magic. Oh really? Yeah. Um. Do oh, I? I was, don't. Sa- what, what were you gonna say? What? Uh, Sandra Bullock was born in Arlington, which is right near, like right next to me. Go visit her birthstone. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, this, this is where the famous Sandra Bullock was born. Wow. Uh, I know, right? To answer your question, I don't really believe yes. in, in love potions per se, but I would believe you, in like. Would you use it? Uh, no. I would not want to know like that it would happen naturally, not because I like trick something someone into loving me that just sounds bad. <laughs> i'm like what is real anyway? uh, but i do like, like not necessarily like manifesting like um like love or anything but i do believe in like manifestation of like better life or money and stuff like that like that kind of thing yeah or like affirmations love potions no Affirm. okay do you? Interesting. Uh, would I use it? Uh, probably not. It would be fun to use it in like the beginning of my love life, but it's kind of uh, manipulation. Mm-hmm. But if there were no consequences, maybe. Yeah. My, I, I have I have a history of of. Uh, loving like not even like loving people <laughs> and but it's not the opposite it, it, it does not come the opposite way so it's like 
<laughs> people have put the spell it's on so me, much, but yeah. it's not like reciprocate. <laughs> exactly. So. I just would want to know uh, like what anyway. people would like put in a love potion per se. Because the word. I mean, if you're into rom coms, uh, yeah. Oh, so keep going. Oh, I was gonna keep say going. like the thought of a potion just like makes me jump to like. I don't know, the movie Hocus Pocus, like, putting in the most disgusting things you think of, like, toenail. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's like, uh, it's like a, you know, a small vial of, of something, and you just put a couple drops in their drink. It's basically... <laughs> <laughs> Date rape drug? It's basically roofies. <laughs> yeah, it's basically druggies. <laughs> I mean, that was, a, it's a film, so it's it's in pop culture, therefore it's it's permissible. <laughs> therefore it is accurate. Of what it's happens not, in real life. It's not permissible. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's worth watching. I, I've, I've only watched it because it was on TV. Mm. And I don't remember most of it. But you remember the love potion. Are, <laughs> I love. I remember the love potion. There are like... Is, aren't there uh, Disney movies as well where it's like... They fall in love with someone. Oh, yeah. Like... I forgot. Most of them. Oh, really? I don't know why the first one that came to mind isn't, like, in love, but, like, the use of potions is the Emperor's New Groove. If you've ever seen that. I have, but I can't remember. Well, it's, like, Yzma, the evil woman. She poisons the Emperor. Oh, yes. With, like, yeah. And he becomes a llama. Yes, 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 yes. I think it's a cool, it's a cool, um, it's a cool movie. Emperor's New Groove? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's very, very underrated. I watch. True. I watch. Just it. bad PR. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've seen it probably That's like three times happen. in like the past really? six months. Yeah, it's it's one of my go-to it is good. movies. <laughs> I don't know why. You're, oh really? Yeah. I mean, John Goodman's in it too, so. That is true. Uh, John Goodman's a great actor. Mm-hmm. He's so a- wait, you guys are going on spring break for a couple months? In a couple months? Uh, yeah, we have it. We don't know exactly the date yet, um, but Deerfield has spring break from like the 13th through the 29th or something of March. Ooh, mm-hmm. weather's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Get tan. Gonna be perfect. Be on the beach all it. day. I love it. I love it. Great. Did, did I mention that I love it? No, no, I didn't. I didn't think I hear that or heard that. Okay, I love <laughs> it. That's great, sir. Oh yeah. Or tiny dancer. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure where the rest are. Um, I don't know either. I talked to Lassie this morning, though. Ari and I did. Oh yeah. We had a a little book club meeting for reading Sex at Dawn. Oh, was that your first book club? Yes. Meeting or? Is... Yeah. It was. Yeah. How'd it go? It was good. Surprisingly, we did talk about the book a lot. <laughs> I mean, like obviously. It's, I don't think surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> not surprising <laughs> well i mean like we all three of us like haven't caught up together um probably in like a month or so 
feel like we've all talked to each other individually, obviously, but it was nice. Mm -hmm. And then the, to go into deep dives about the book was also interesting. Most, so what's the book? Um, Sex at Dawn is the one that... Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, but, like, we were only talking about, like, the first few chapters because that's all that I read. Um. <laughs> is it is it a dense read? Yes. I think so. Okay. I mean, like, the first part, for me, it was just review just because it was a lot about, like, evolution and the comparison of us to our close ancestors with like, chimpanzees and bonobos. Um, mm -hmm. And then a lot of the, the discussion was about, like, polygamy and how we have gone away from that kind of lifestyle, even though it's what we originally started out as in terms of... Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So how have you found... How, how did you find the two first two chapters? Um, like, did, yeah. I like them a lot. I mean, it was very, it was very interesting, and a lot of it was um, not necessarily eye-opening, but it's like realization that a lot of what the author was saying is true in terms of how our society is constructed around certain things and ideals and a lot of the things that we think of now in terms of relationships with other people um, are something that's basically a social construct and a lot of people realize that but in terms of going back to what is biologically in our DNA is a difficult thing to do even though we're conscious that it's what is not not necessary but is something that would be um beneficial to our species at least in my opinion you're saying that polygamy is would be beneficial well not polygamy but i think um just like but not not monogamy yes and i, I mm, yeah and i think just like the absence of the F emphasis on mm. of not necessarily like religion but like the emphasis on like what sex is in religions and how that like that is emphasized most and how that yeah hold on my i'm being called yeah summoned yeah mom no I was being asked if I fed the dog, and the answer is no. <laughs> I have one job in the house, and I forgot to do it. Tell me, I got a full-time job now. <laughs> I don't have time for your sh <laughs> Exactly. I have time for my dog. Only when I want a little cuddle before I go to bed. But then she can't yes, of course. bother me. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I've, yeah, from what I've heard, the book is, is fascinating and it's just like, it's, yeah, not necessarily eye-opening, but just opens up ideas and thoughts. It makes you reconsider what we, what we consider as important and mm. kind of like truth, like, uh, stable truths of, of our daily life, which is, you know, yeah. agriculture, uh, monogamy, polygamy, etc., Mm -hmm. It makes you think, no? Yes, I do think a lot. No, it, <laughs> no, it does make me think. Um, 
was it say? I'm, it's like also interesting reading this book because I'm also reading. I don't know if I mentioned to you, but I'm reading like another book called The Power of Now, um, which is all about like find not finding your own identity, um, but like tapping into your own potential and using that energy to like uh, accomplish what you want in life. Um, and it's kind of interesting just reading both books at the same time. I'm going to be the most empowered person. Why do you say that? Oh, well, just, I just feel like I'm going to be the most empowered person in the world after reading both these at the same That's time. That's great. Just, That's great. Or just overly self-aware about everything going on <laughs> and not knowing <laughs> how to deal with it all. Maneuver. Yes. <laughs> Too many options is, is sometimes a bad thing. Yes. Because it allows, it just freezes. I, for me, at least, I, I get, I freeze when I have too many options. Mm-hmm. And just almost self-implode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the, <laughs> the power of now. Yeah. So what, what, what have you found valuable? Um, that, yeah, what, what could you share about it? I mean, that book I'm also not too far into. I'm a very slow reader, um, but for me, the main, not, uh, yeah, one of the main takeaways is just, like, the power of routine, but, like, not making sure you do, like, the same things every single day repetitively, but just, like, small routines in your daily life to make you grounded and, like, meditation and things like that. So I've implemented some of the things in my daily life, like, meditation like when I wake up and go to bed and journaling a little more and just being very um aware of the things I do in the morning at night just to ground myself but like making sure the middle of the day is kind of up for anything if that makes any kind of sense (laughs) yeah it's just uh it's the ability to take control of of your life through routine or like to to have maybe fixed variables in your life to be able to control the variable variables <laughs> yeah 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 i hope that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> no no it doesn't it's just giving structure i would say <laughs> yeah and also like the correlation of just how your physical health affects your mental health and making sure that they're all interconnected. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So. Have started we're, working we're, out, which is a big step oh, for great. me. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. The, yeah, that's great. The hardest part is, I would say, um, okay continuing mm-hmm. you know I, um i had a question what was the question well, where do you where do you find these uh these self-help books where do you find them where do you put them in in life like how, how what are the significance what's the significance of it what what value does it drive does it give to people do you think do you think it it does you know, push people forward or is it just a way to 
for people just to say like how 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 much they suck and how much they need to be better. <laughs> like reading this book is just for them to be to remind themselves of like I need to be better all the time. And uh and yeah. I don't know, what do you think? Um heavy heavy questions, but <laughs> I mean this is just yeah, no, question no, in no. the grand scheme of things, um, not not necessarily well, what we're talking about. No, yeah, I think in general there are different kind of self-help books in the sense it's not like how to parent your kids or newborn so they can be like top dog in their industry or something like that. Because like mm. those ones that I'm on are telling you like right and wrong. I think I think these books at least are ones for more of people who just want to go deeper within themselves and that's not necessarily like change them but just enhance different things that they might not have known about themselves um interesting because like a lot of it's not saying like if you do this this is going to be the path that you go down if you do this then like this is how you're going to accomplish everything you want in life and stuff like that it's kind of just showing you something that will maybe help you not be successful but just be happy in your life or at least like your time on earth is what they say a lot. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's super important just for people to know that they are they are taking advantage of their time well. Yeah. There, no, I agree, and there there are some there are great insights in in the field of self help and. Uh, there are different ways to to make things better for yourself, but there's also that that one side of where it's just kind of you're not really talking about anything, and it's for me it's like they translate they translate obvious truths like um, get up get up in the morning or uh, uh, have a routine like stuff like that. They just translate it into different words. So instead of saying have a routine, they say. Uh, eat the frog in the morning like you know those phrases or yeah 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 uh, so they just yeah it's just and I th- I, there is value to that because people see things differently and and they have to have a voice and it's important yeah but I don't know no I do agree that like some it's things wishy-washy yeah like some things are kind of arbitrary and like it's very difficult because there are people who like create self-help things who might not necessarily have like not necessarily like the professional background but just a background that isn't maybe coming from a sincere place um i don't know like the thing that comes to mind is like people like people who give tarot card readings like they yeah yeah, like half of those or probably most of those like aren't even real or even if like believable at all but yeah yeah there's going to be that one that's like, whoa, that really is going to happen. Or like, that did happen in my life. Like, for some reason, we were talking about this in in college in a class I was taking on, uh, what was it? Uh, communism. <laughs> <laughs> and the, it, he, he made us read an article about, uh, about st- uh, horoscopes and a st- not astro- ast- astrology. Um, how we relate to the stars and how the, the stars tell us what is good for us, 
right? And basically, he, the, the writer was discussing this this kind of uh, superior level of understanding to something that is not based on anything. It's just based on whatever we think it is. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this conversation with himself towards other people of like uh, any any like uh any person who reads the stars or or works in horoscopes they can they can pretty much say anything that they want uh, and the 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 issue is that people actually they, they 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 see this and they hear this and they read this and they apply it to themselves and the idea is like like this could be considered as like the bullshit of bullshit because it's it has there's no real correlation in some sense right or yeah. or it's like listen these people they need this they need to hear this these these words and that's what gets them through the day mm-hmm. so who are you to to dismiss that yeah it's like saying like so, in a horoscope like in six to twelve months you will find the love of your life they will have <laughs> hair and you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah exactly you're so it's right like, oh, i need to look for someone who has hair <laughs> and like the vaguest timeline so, too he will be outside <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> but then uh the book i'm reading now it's uh called spell of the sensuous is talking about these these magicians in in indonesia and th- the idea of a magician or yeah, sorcerer over there is not the same idea of us like of Western magicians. Western magicians are mostly like pick a card, any card, or <laughs> I'm going to float or something like that. <laughs> uh, for them, it's uh, their relationship with nature is what makes them magicians, and their ability to kind of be the intermedi- intermediary between between humans and nature uh, it gives them a better insight into either telling the future or uh, ha- having them heal like both mentally or psychologically or physically all these things it, like for me that's that's a much better way to to interact with whatever we call uh, mysticism or or you know uh, these kinds of things mm-hmm. it's it's more grounded in and what we see and what we feel and what we experience in this life. Yeah. No, I like that way of thinking about magic. Yeah. Yeah, it was fascinating. It's uh, it's kind of it's, right now it's like super philosophical and like how do we how do we f- phenomenology and how do we understand yeah. uh subjectivity and object like it's really now like really philosophical but but the basically uh, it's like it's pretty cool. Mhm. I think we need to be more in touch with nature. More of like a, a would you like a bad way to put it, but like what? a primitive way of looking at like being coming more in touch. Exactly, primitive, but it is primitive. Yeah. The, the prim, like we have a, there's a negative connotation to primitive, but no, <laughs> it, it's it's a great way to explain it. Yeah, because that's what it is. Would you would you consider yourself pretty? What's your relationship to nature? I think I'm very in tune with nature i prefer to be out in nature rather than like stuffed in a city am i like the kind of people who go and can scale a mountain any day 
No, but also I don't think that's being necessarily in touch with nature. I think that's just in general in monkeys. But I think that's what people think of being in touch with nature. Now. Yeah, yeah. But I do like I I do prefer to be out in nature, usually by myself, with with nothing. Like yesterday, I was I took a walk in the blizzard with like no technology and stuff like that, and it was like the most at peace I have felt in so long. Really. It's because I couldn't, like, really see... Tell me more. Well, I couldn't see probably, like, 20 feet in front of me and just the sound of the snow because the reason, like, you know how it's quieter whenever it's snowing because the sound gets trapped in the snow because there's, like, less air in it? Yeah. And just hearing the snow falling on, like, dead leaves, it was just the most calm I've felt in so long. And knowing that, like, no one was really around me was just very nice and beautiful i'm sure that was a beautiful experience it was a tear might have been (laughs) shed as as it should be you know yeah wow so would you do do you not like cities no i feel very claustrophobic in cities interesting like, I mean, but that's also because, like, Keep I going. think the like the only city I've ever really lived in was Charleston, and that was fine because like I could actually see the sky, or like I could walk down to a boardwalk, and it didn't feel like I was in a city. But like New York, I can't be there for more than like, three days because it just feels so claustrophobic. Do you find any value in cities? Um, yes, like I, I understand the appeal to them and having life beyond the go all the time and having many different people in different areas and kind of just multiple different cultures in one small area is interesting to me, but personally, I don't think I get any gain out of it. Mm. Yeah. Also, I, feel like, I feel like in cities there's not any privacy either. I like privacy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I can every day I look I look outside my window and I see a shirtless man working out. <laughs> that seems <laughs> beautiful his, though. His apartment. Yeah, I mean, or like friends where like the naked man, old man. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because there's this... There's this balance between... Like, do humans want privacy or do humans want human connection? Mm -hmm. And is it, like, somewhere in between? Or is it either or? And, of course, like, each person probably wants a family... Or at least uh, a partner, um, but or maybe not, you know, according to Sex at Dawn. But no, it's multiple partners. It's sex yeah. at Dawn. Oh, okay. So yeah, th- like, do we want to be private with with multiple partners, or or, or do we want to? What's the balance, or is it just to each person's preference? Mm-hmm. Because there, when you, when anybody, almost anybody goes out into nature, they're going to be feel to feel at peace. They're going to feel good things. It's just part of 
are how we are made and uh that says something yeah it's we're not meant to be in a city we're not meant to be in tall skyscrapers and and walk on asphalt you know you think a lot of like living in the city and i guess this kind of goes along with social media is just the validation of other people that you don't necessarily know or like the validation that you're going on the right path in your life or like appear to be if that makes sense what do you mean like uh like even though you don't have a connection, yeah. Like even though you don't have a connection with necessarily a lot of people, but still being around that like a large group of people is kind of validating in some way that you're not necessarily yeah, alone. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think there is some value to that in in mm-hmm. the idea that you can walk up to someone and I mean maybe not in New York, but. I don't know if you do something weird or if you do something you can talk to anybody on the street and they can recognize you mm-hmm. um you like that that you're not in this alone basically yeah uh but you can have that anywhere right you know it doesn't have to be in the city that is true just maybe a little bit further yeah. I just I fe- I fear I, fe- I think there is a cer- there's a sense of the fear of missing out mm-hmm. uh living far away from the city. Um as a young person maybe also um like the idea that there's just a lot of things happening here happening in a city. Yeah. Like uh from music to gatherings to there're just so many stories you can meet, you can find and and of course, there's value to to being far away, but that's yeah. That's I think what I what I decided for myself. But I don't know. Wait, so I, uh, tell me. Do you like being in a city or? I don't or know. Not? I don't know anymore. Oh. I've I've lived <laughs> in cities know. my entire life, right? I've 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 lived in a suburb. I lived in a suburb for like five years. No. When I was in the U.S., I lived in suburbs, mm-hmm. uh, but I've lived in in Amman and I've lived in in D.C. and so that's mostly what I know. I've been on farms, but and I've been to Deerfield. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I've been to the Rock. <laughs> yes, um, that's nature, right? That is nature, the uh, epitome of nature. I wrote something yesterday. Let me see if I if it makes sense. <laughs> uh, I have been listening a lot to Joe Rogan and others talk about psychedelics <laughs> and our relationship to the world around us. <laughs> uh, uh, I am wondering whether putting my thoughts on the internet is the right thing to do, but I must be honest with myself and with the world. Or honest with myself with the world. I'm finding the concept of using natural substances to access other places of our world quite enticing. Our world is so constructed and created that we do not live truly in the place we exist in. Earth is no longer Earth. Cities become microcosms of what everyone thinks is important. What we buy, what we work, how we, how we, we are considered productive, and what we wear. 
We create a culture that is governed by social media, global trends, and capitalistic markets. I feel like I'm sounding like an old man, but I really believe this. I am a product of this, and I continue to live in this world, but at least I am aware of it right now. We need to be more in touch with nature and our surroundings. That's it. I really like that. Very, you do? No, yeah. I think a lot of what you said is is true. I, too, have been listening to a lot of uh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, uh, really? I've, well, I've been listening to Duncan Trussell and Joe Rogan's on his show a lot. And a lot of like their conversation is around psychedelics. You really liked him, didn't you? I do. <laughs> um, and just like the, um, the stigma around psychedelics and how... What was it? That they were talking about psychedelics and how... Um, like the comparison of like our mind on psychedelics versus our mind on like antidepressants and how like one way of our mindset like our thinking like on antidepressants and other mental health drugs is accepted but when our state of mind um when we're on like weed or something like that like it's not necessarily accepted those ideas or like oh like you were high so like that idea that you had isn't completely valid but just the comparison is very interesting it's ridiculous yeah it's ridiculous yeah there is value to antidepressants now but if we didn't invent antidepressants and we were like oh look there's a shrub in the ground let's see how this makes us feel oh it makes me feel happy okay that's what you do (laughs) like that's that's that i feel like that could have been the the way to go but Mm-hmm. But our governments, I guess, don't don't believe that, and and our religion and our religions as well. Mm-hmm. Our religions don't don't agree with that for some reason. So, um, no, you're right. I mean, oh, my religion follows that. No, I don't. I don't attune to my oh, religion. Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the dancer, dancerism. Spirituality. You should make a religion called dancerism. <laughs> Where you don't dance, like it's not, it's not about dancing. <laughs> it's it's that, about the dance of you life. You can see how still you can stand. <laughs> that sounds. How 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 still you can stand? Yeah, exactly. I can't it's even about do the opposite that. I, of dancing. I'm I'm fidgeting at all times. That's just because I like even right Ooh. now I'm like touching everything on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> touch, touch, touch. <laughs> yeah, That's too, what I, I say in my head when I touch things. Touch, 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 touch. touch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, cool. The that's, internal that's, that's thoughts cool is, is just one word repeated. You should, you should write that down somewhere. Like, just write like a description. Uh, hi, my name is Tiny Dancer, and when I touch things, I say that I say the word "touch" in my head. That'll be my new hinge nice profile. You, Tiny <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, anyone? I, I'm like you should. I think you will get matches because of fingers crossed in Western Mass that I can find. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I try to make my Hinge profile as I hate to use hate to use this word, but I like to make it as quirky as possible. Oh yes, it's honestly hilarious. Because I mean, if you think it's funny, then like, uh, what is it? I'll, I'll. 
screen record my profile and show it to you. <laughs> it's like one time, like one of my prompts, it's like I've touched 2,000 year old dead people. What? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> or like another I mean, one. Like, is... They don't know who you are. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, someone's like, I dig it. Well, no, the thing is, like, one of I've gotten a response from someone before. I'd be like, I've touched dead people too. I'm like, now this is just creepy. <laughs> that's that's different, my friend. That's different. <laughs> then I well, <laughs> we need to make a clarification. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I touch dead people too. I was like, no, no, uh, thank you. <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> that's not the right type type of quirky. Yeah. I'm looking for different quirky. I was like, that sounds like what is it like necrophilia or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, thank you. Hard pass. <laughs> oh Were they a doctor or something? No. <laughs> or did you just not entertain? <laughs> I asked why, and then I don't remember the response. But I remember I like I don't block why? people that much, but I I why blocked did you it. Touch <laughs> inappropriate content <laughs> like, i need context for it they never gave it to me so i was like okay no thanks well you don't you don't have context as well when you put to tell people you touched two thousand year old um, bodies or whatever and true that is that is true but also like before i say that i say i've gone on archaeology archaeological digs and touch 2000 year old people so i feel like or human oh, remains so i feel like there you go no you're totally you're in the you're in the clear yeah you're that it does give clear. some context but oh no no you're, you're good i thought you just like wrote i i touched, I touched dead people yes ah for some reason, we keep returning to we keep going back to bodies, to dead bodies, almost every podcast. I'm sorry. I think it's that's it's on such me. An important, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's what you love, so uh, I think it's an important point of view that not many people have. You know what I mean? Touching dead people in a non like no, just funeral like, yeah, dead way. Dead people in general. <laughs> just dead people in general. But what's your relationship to death? Um. Um. I, <laughs> wait are you is that a real question or are you just asking yeah, or... right. yeah it is it is i was just like it's like um <laughs> uh, my relation to dip death um i think it's changed a lot in the past three or so years just because there's been a lot sadly there's been like a lot of oh, close yes. people around me who've yes. passed but um yes i think i took a class um called dealing with the dead and a lot of it talked about death anxiety in the world and where that stems from and how to not necessarily um deal with it but just kind of um be aware that that is where a lot of things that our life is built around comes from death anxiety and studying how like different people different societies deal with that has helped me a lot with people passing and also like um just like relationships on like with the people that have passed and how those have changed or not changed obviously well yes changed because they passed and they're not here anymore but like my thoughts on my relationship with the people who have passed and how while mm. yes they're gone they like using the things 
that they taught me while they were alive um, makes them still very present in my life. And not necessarily being sad or um, I think just like coming to terms with not trying to be regretful about anything or guilty without any about anything that um, has come with their passing on like thinking back like oh I could have done this mm. or in this moment maybe I could have changed this but in reality like I couldn't have affected this situation or changed anything that happened wow that's really interesting because I feel like the human condition Im almost immediately uh, takes us there to that space of, oh, I, I should have done this or I could have done this or I like, I you know if if I knew mm -hmm. I would have done this differently. Yeah. And it's just a way of coping, but you have to kind of take your yourself away from that and realize that there's not much you can you could have done. Yeah. You know, because nobody knows, nobody knows. No, no one can yeah, predict that's, these that's things. Yeah. Also, like. So, but but have you have you, yeah? Keep going. I was gonna say also. With the people who have passed, a lot of my relationships with those who are also close to them have grown even even stronger, and it's taught me a lot about the importance of keeping connections with the people. Um, in my life that I, like, prioritize not prioritize in a malicious way but like know that they feel the, a mutual way about me and affection towards me and that I feel like that's only grown, grown stronger um, since the people have passed in my life and knowing um, like they're going through similar things is also a good thing and like we respect each other and like some people I've lost contact with but then because of a person passing like we've gotten back in contact and with each other and now our relationship is stronger than before. Mm. Yeah. So the yeah, beautiful beautiful things can uh, arise from mm -hmm. from sad moments. Yes. Uh, have you? Okay, that's. I really love your response. What What about your own mortality? In in, you know, with with everything that you've you've mm. experienced. Hmm. That is something that I have been thinking about a lot recently. Because I was talking with mm. Ariane about, like, the root of my own anxiety problems. And it's not necessarily the typical mm -hmm. social anxiety that is very common mm -hmm. recently. But my anxiety stems from being not able to predict my future or know like how things that I do mm. now will affect my future and how I can get onto the path of the line of work or not or just like my happiness and being thinking I'm accomplished not necessarily in the business world or being financially stable but just happiness accomplishments and a lot of not having those known things makes me very anxious um so in terms of my, I think, thoughts on my own mortality, it's very up in the air and that scares me, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, of course it's terrifying. Yeah. 
That's great. You're you're thinking about it, and you're thinking about your your own anxiety. Mm -hmm. it, it's important to like not ignore what what makes you uncomfortable, mm -hmm. and kind of deal with it. Yeah. So that's a big deal. And I I'm gonna return the question back to you. Do you have any thoughts about your own mortality at all? Well, I'll tell you more about my relationship with death I've um, it's been it's been it's been a while since uh, any close family members have passed away um, some some people I knew like in high school passed away uh, but what, what I'm struggling with now is uh the mortality of of like like life after the death of for example my grandmother or, mm -hmm. or my parents like mm -hmm. uh, I'm not I'm not a baby anymore and my parents are not not teenagers anymore like mm -hmm. in their 20s anymore yeah. you know what I mean yeah their bodies are are transforming and it's uh that's what I'm trying to I'm not. I wouldn't say struggle, but I'm trying to, to be at peace with that, um, yeah. and it's it's pretty hard. So, but uh, I guess yeah, my relationship with death and my own mortality is that right now I believe that nothing will will come after after death, and mm -hmm. and this is basically what we have, and. That only means that I need to enjoy what I have and enjoy enjoy them. Like, um, sorry, sorry. To like, yeah, you you can't see no, anything after your own death, or like your you don't know what Anybody's life. Death. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I feel like the the universe. I watched this really cool video. Oh, I need to. Wa I've never watched it high. I don't. I'd, I'm too scared to watch it high because it's like <laughs> it, 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 it it gives you like the future the future of uh, the future of the universe mm -hmm. you know what I mean like so when after the sun our sun dies and after like it goes like trillions and trillions and trillions of years forward mm -hmm. and they're basically the, the argument is that there's going to be nothing absolutely nothing but for me, I believe that it's absolutely there will be absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. But then, and but then the big the big bang will happen again. Like I just feel like this this whole life is a circle. Yeah. And it's like this never ending, humongous like the longest timeline you could ever think of. Uh, so nothing really matters, and like and that he, humans kind of will either the same way or differently be evolved in the same you know just like we'll have we'll have this cycle of life mm -hmm. um, but it has nothing to do with my life right now so uh, I just I don't know what will happen when I die and thankfully my my uh, uh, physically I'm, I'm good yeah. but I don't know what will happen when when I stop becoming physically active because because I've always been like that for for my entire life but we're getting there mm -hmm. so and i think i'm, st I'm still struggling i'm struggling with all of it so 
No, I agree. Like a lot of the thoughts that you just said, I also have thought of like, I don't really consider, I do agree that like after like the Big Bang, like things will keep going, but I don't, like there's no way you can really say that it's a timeline because it's, or like a secular thing because we created that timeline and it's just, yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it really, but like in my head, it makes sense. <laughs> But also just like like whatever we've predicted for the future is only a a, a product of our own thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just kind of realizing so like it's not yeah we're not even like a second in the timeline of the universe. Like we are just like boop here and like gone. Like in terms yeah. of like our own, not as like a human race, but as an individual we don't affect the timeline that much, but it's, like, the collective that does. <sighs> we don't respect the timeline? No, uh, we don't, um... Not respect. Affect. Oh, Like, yeah, as, exactly. like, an individual. We, have, we, we yeah. are not... We have nothing... We, we don't matter. <laughs> nothing matters. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but what holds me from, like doing drugs and and uh alcohol and and living the living the life a rock star life i was gonna is, say tr- sex drugs rock like, and roll like yeah <laughs> yeah basically like the, what what's holding me back is at least uh, my my upbringing basically of what the values that were given to me but also there's much more to to life than those those things mm-hmm. uh and the there are many beautiful moments that that are not in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But other than that, yeah, nothing. I don't really, really agree with that statement. I think it's just sex, drugs, rock and roll. No, no, I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, I was like, yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> no, but I like that statement of like, kind of. I mean, like the takeaway of like kind of what you just said is just like making sure you. Well, yes, like you're brought up with the ideals of your parents, and those are important, but also figuring out what your own individual ideals are and respecting that and making sure that others they don't have to accept it but respect that too is important i hope so yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know it's uh i'm still dealing with it we'll we'll see you got time I got it. Well, I don't know if we do. I'm not talking about death. I really don't know if I have time. Is there something you're trying to tell me, Sue? Or Sue? I'm being cryptic for a reason. I want you to figure it out so I can feel important. I was told yesterday that I only have two weeks left. And Hello. and stop. No, just kidding. Fifty-four, fifty-five. <laughs> yep, got that time too. <laughs> Is that it? No, you're you're being sarcastic. Is this when the party starts? What? Right, right now? now. The party's been uh, kind of started, or at least we had the party started. We had the pregame, which is always world. better than the party. Can, Can you, you defend that? that? Do you believe pre-gaming is better than Can the you party? Defend that argument? Dep- um, 
at least on a personal level, I do believe that pregames that I've gone to were better than the actual party because of the people that they're I just chose more to intimate. be with. Yeah, they're more intimate, and I just usually had more fun because you get to actually choose what you do with the people that you want to be around with. Would you mind defining what a pregame is for our um, underage listeners? <laughs> a pregame is. Uh, the... We don't have any. We need Yannick. Listeners. Where's Yannick? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. A pregame, for those who don't, don't know, are the parties before the actual party with the group of people that you go to the party with. Um, this usually sm- includes uh, small drinking games. Um, alcohol? No, no. If you don't have a babysitter, then yes. Um, yeah. Good music. Um, usually not as sweaty or in as tiny of a place that the party takes place at. Um, cheaper than a party, depending on if you have to pay to get into that party. <laughs> There's just so many aspects, positive aspects to a pregame. Could you explain There's to so me why we go to the party to begin with? Um, usually, um, as a single woman, it's usually to find um, a viable someone mate. to kiss that. Some yeah, someone to kiss that night. But or, or a viable mate <laughs> to smooch. Yes, <laughs> <To> smooch. <laughs> just. Just a smooch is what I'm looking for each night. <laughs> I'm looking for the smooching. <laughs> I think the party. So the pre the pregame is 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 the interaction with people. Yeah. But the party is an interaction with animals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong though. It's pretty much no, the, no. Yeah, it's pretty much it. It's it's uh yeah it's but but I I believe both are are valuable. And they're just different, you know. What I mean, they're not one. Not one is better than the other. Should it matter mm-hmm. what because you believe? You need, to, you need to connect. Yes. You need to connect to your own animalistic behaviors. Do you think so? Mm-hmm. Can you defend that? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Why are you talking like this? <laughs> also, uh, I, I well, should preface def- that not all pregames are for parties. It's usually like going before a bar. But also, do I usually make it out of the pregame that much? Not that much. This is speaking from an American who knows what the who went to an American college, who yes, social life revolved around drinking, frat, 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 shotgunning beers. Yes, this is uh, desirable, right, for uh, a generation of young people to find a mate. Yes. No, to to do (laughs) this experience that you described. In your American university experience, yeah. yes. Could you defend yeah. that statement? I've, 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 I've experienced uh, <laughs> several, several. I've experienced several people who are younger than twenty-five. When you say experienced, uh, <laughs> can you uh, expect? Can you no, defend I, that statement, please? <laughs> <laughs> I have I have met met I've met people I've <laughs> I've met people who uh, under the age of twenty five who've in, who've interacted with hard drugs in America, and I've asked them about their experiences and whether they regret it and both like they they've gone to rehab and like this is a thing in America right there's a, there's a there's a global pandemic of drugs these people are just Amos and I, are just Amos and I though so. <laughs> <laughs> Amos and you? No. <laughs> the, the people under 25 that you've talked to about this. 
<laughs> no, no, no. These are people who have. It's the only people like we talk to. It's the only ones we know. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, our entire perspective. Nobody let's be, else let's be honest. I mean, considering we're 27 years old, we have a different <laughs> perspective. But I, I, for me, it's just like, why, why is this uh, part of the American culture? Uh, to, to to be to have like these hard drugs and to to, to go to rehab and it's like there are a lot of people who have this experience. Yeah, why? Play with it. Play with it. Like, why is this? Because in some sense, you have to that's you have to distill it down to well, what's the common denominator, right? Oh, in some <laughs> why is Tiny Dancer still laughing? Because I like how you put like part of. <laughs> There's no, like go, go, the go, go, repetition go. of of hard drugs, getting drunk. And I like how you just throw re- rehab in there as if it's like a constant for every experience for everyone, <laughs> which is life. not true. <laughs> That's how it goes. Just like instead of college, you just go to rehab instead of just like. Like sounds, sounds like an Arab today? view. Like they go, they go drinking, they do the drugs, they go rehab, and they try again. <laughs> I wish it were like that, but it's not. It's just my experience with meeting with people. rehab. At the in a at the in the food and business beverage industry. Food and uh, business. See, you, you know, supply those kids then <laughs> with the with the drinking. With the drinking. You just drank. Oh. You're just part of the problem. This too. work with me. Oh no, no. I, I know. Right. We should cancel you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's time. I, it's uh, episode there's, six. There's, it's time for cancellation. There's there's this guy who worked at the restaurant for a good year, like he was he, he was there for a while, man. A year is a pretty long time. It is a long time. Uh, I learned the other I learned the other day that he was part of the the resurgence at the Capitol. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever, man. It's the funniest thing ever. I love it. I love it. It's just like I just I'm imagining him like he's like this guy. This guy's called Mike. Mike. Mine is Mike. Mike. And he's like <laughs> he definitely does steroids. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know the, what you mean. The nice. He's like this attack. Like he wears the, the. He's uh, a good-looking uh, fit man. Please. That has bigger. Uh, no, he's sleazy. Bigger, he's um, a sleazy man. Oh. I feel like Sue has started to like, describe him like in nine sentences and has not completed any of the nine sentences. <laughs> Sue, describe him. Okay, the, the this guy's this guy's Mike. He wears Mikey. He wears a, he wears a wife. <laughs> Mike. Yeah, he's like call him Mikey. That's <laughs> why do you said. call like, him Mike? What's your name, man? Mikey. <laughs> That's the first red no, flag. Because he, he started with Mikey. Like, this that's is how he, he, like, tried to put it... Like, he placed his authority on the restaurant. When he first came, he was like, what's your name? He's like, Mikey. And then like, he started calling himself Mike. And then Michael. <laughs> and then um, he, he wears a wife beater to work. You know what I mean? I find that a pretty he, he, uh, he goes into, uh, offensive term. Yes. Work. I, I don't know the other word, so... Well, you can say uh, profession anyways. or job. Or, you can say or, a tank he top. to work. <laughs> a tank What's top. A he wears top? a tank top to work. And then he goes into the he goes into the the bathroom and he he gets his gel or his wax and he slicks his his hair back. You know what there I are mean? some stories you tell that sometimes don't sound believable. It, this sounds well, like a low resolution it's, stereotype. It's, are you making him up? No, if no. this is someone who stormed the Capitol, this sounds right. With I'm the way you pass bro. judgment, it's. I know you were part of a resurgence at some point. I hear, I saw videos of you with megaphones and crowds and crowds <laughs> chanting after you. Listen, I'm not giving any judgment. I'm just saying I love that he is part of the resurgence. That's what I'm saying. Arrest me. 
Well, you are also a. What are you trying to challenge? Um, what are you trying to challenge? Arrest me. The system. I might. Well, are you challenging the that I am unable to uh, depict a clear uh, a description of this personality? I'm, I'm, I apologize, dark-skinned man. I actually no, I cannot take anything from your opinion because of the color of your skin. Your opinion is 100% valid. Annoying? I don't understand, man. No, well, to be honest, you described a, a, a roided-up Italian called Mikey who goes into the bathroom and gels up his hair. Like, it just felt like... It felt like you were telling exactly a joke. That's exactly what he is, though. Okay, I'll take it. That's exactly it sounds stranger than fiction. It just sounded... I I'm not, it's not like I'm gonna fight you to, to not believe you. It just didn't sound like it was real. Oh. No, uh, this is not made up. So... You gotta believe, Rob. Come Michael on. Michael... But at face value, but then I you ask, was just messing with you. Ask him, like, where are you from, man? No, no. He said, "I'm from uh, I'm from Russia." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what would be the funniest, yeah, most so... random country to be from, and but to be completely white and never address it any further than that particular place? Rwanda. Uh, yeah, probably like <laughs> if, if Sarah's like, "I'm from Rwanda." I mean, you should just do it. In the end, like, you have one life anyway. Like, what's it? What kind of earth-shattering effect is it really gonna have if you just decide to co-opt the identity of a Rwandan? I was adopted there from you America. You have to back yourself up. Yeah. I mean, how accurate is America? You know, in the end, I want to go back to my ancestors. I want to. <laughs> we're all African anyway. <laughs> if I pulled that kind of shit, that'd be so sad. Yo, I should. We. I mean, I think we should. We should do it, like, we're not white. I mean, you're definitely we of darker try. complexion. Yeah, Listeners, but he has a dark complexion. More black. He's actually more swarthy. If, uh... I could get a spray uh, tan to look a little darker. No, no. I just look like Cheeto. Yo, that's Donald Trump territory. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's true. I thought we were done. We do I thought we were done name. with this. With what? Cheeto man? This subject matter. This, is, this politics. We do not talk about the government. Say it after me. He's not a politician anymore. It's free range. <laughs> we do not. Uh, <laughs> we're not talking about politics. We, we're just talking. We do not <laughs> talk. It is a sentence about... Why do we censor things? We don't have to censor. It's not about censorship. It's not about censorship. It's about a group of friends choosing together that there's a line of subject matter that doesn't lead us anywhere good. Anywhere we're can interested we each, in. Can we each choose a topic that we don't talk about? Did Rob's is politics. Big, Mine is, um... This is, this is the same rhetoric of Big Brother. <laughs> We're not talking about things that that, don't, that affect us badly. It's not about affect us badly. It's that, that don't affect us in any way. <laughs> the difference. Sorry. Surah, you were saying, what was the subject you don't want to talk about? Oh, no, I still need to think of mine. I just thought it'd be funny if we just picked, like... Three random topics that none of us can even mention. <laughs> it's like you can never mention a goat or any subject around the goats. <laughs> See, Sue, it's more about fun. You know, know it's right? it's not about it's it's about respect for this each other. It's not like oh, I feel triggered with this subject. It's just we have way more creative stuff. Like, oh, for real, though, we have so much more fun I mean, that we yeah. can have. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, I get triggered by a, a lot comment. of things, so like, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> But it seems like you're you're trying to deliberately expose yourself to these things that trigger you so that, you know, just to build up a bit of a shell, you know? Yeah. Or am I wrong? No, I just... Yeah. That hit deep. That cut deep, yeah. Did it actually? No. <laughs> no. 
No, but I do agree. I was just trying to stir the pot but like did you it? were when you came in. What did it make me? Did it hit a a hardcore in my or hard? What is it? Did it like, hit? Are a you just shielding something? No. This is real currently. Honestly, I've never felt better as of right now. So you can't really trigger a lot in my life. So this is reality. Yes. I'll take it. Well, we're happy to hear that. Isn't that right, Sue? Oh, yeah. I like the Kool-Aid man. We oh, do like the Kool-Aid man. Call me Red. Red? <laughs> From or now bread. on. I <laughs> if we just gave each other, like, instead of first names, the whole idea is that for certain episodes, we each just... take on certain names. So for this episode, Sue is Red. So, what up, Red? And what are, what what are, what is your name? Female participant in this in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Bessie. How, would it would you consider a, a color as well? You know, to keep Ugh, thematic. Fine. Um. What about pink? That was the first one that came to mind. Is that your final offer? Is it because you're female? What, what was that? Is that your final offer? Yes, pink. Is that is that the most okay? Pink, red, and pink. I mean, that are chartreuse, and I felt like chartreuse just doesn't roll off the tongue. I I vote for chartreuse. Okay. Sue, what do you vote for? I go for uh, turquoise. <laughs> turquoise. Turquoise. Imagine you take that yourself wasn't even seriously. one of the options, but I'll take it. Can you just imagine Sue walking into a room dead-eyed with the way he can look people so blankly in the eye and say, I would, I, cur I would like to change my name to Turquoise. I would appreciate it if you all call me Turquoise. I just see him walking into a western saloon as like a sheriff or like new sheriff in town. It's <laughs> Turquoise. Is that, that's only that's only because you watched Rambo the other day. That is a hundred percent true. That is because I watched Rambo. <laughs> hey, I'm on the same bit. I, I watched the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, so I'm picturing the saloon as well. Mm -hmm. That movie was a trip, it. though. Yeah, it's great. The name Rango? is Charquage. Yeah. <laughs> Can you? Why was it a trip? Well, because I was just very, very high. Oh, so the movie wasn't the trip. You're saying your interpretation of it was a trip. Yeah. Well, also because, like, everyone else... Not everyone else. There's, like, four other people there. Um, in the... It was over in the parsonage. They were playing pool, and I was just sitting on the couch. I already took two edibles, smoked a, a joint, and then there's also the hookah going, and we didn't even have, like, the sound on the TV. It was just, like, other music going, so it was just me oh interpreting God. what was happening that in my head. That sounds amazing. It was. Honestly, so you had a, a, to a totally different like a way of n this movie experiencing this movie. Oh yeah. It also didn't help that like they start they already started the movie beforehand and like picked it back up from where they started and I like didn't really know what was going better. on. Yeah. I was like, oh, just animals like going crazy in the west. Great. Wow, I feel like we need to watch that now. 
the the animation the man to me animation is just fascinating because it's like the level of detail that they go into making these characters is so so detailed mm-hmm. it's so intense also the way that i filmed rango is so interesting about how it's just like the, the actors acted out the scenes in like a basic manner so that they could reinterpret it into animation it wasn't just really? it wasn't just like dumb in a sound booth yeah very interesting so you kept yeah, so you left some kind of art world it's a tough art form because of how detached well, it is from the final product. There's so many. It's it's a communal art form, and there's no no other truth yeah. to it. Animation, and if you see an individual doing animation, it's it's intense. Mm-hmm. Personally, animation <laughs> is meant. one of my favorite yeah. genres, just because it's so. I agree. Imaginative, and you just. It's a big escapism for me. It's expansive. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of a shame when people create realities that look like reality in animation. It just seems like a waste of, en- of effort, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are yeah. you trying to prove? That you can make a reality that looks real? Is that it? An alternate universe. But the, isn't, isn't that that play between like reality and, and not reality? Of maybe uh, having them look like that they're real, but doing things that people would probably not be able to do or or do decide to do you know it's trippiness that's probably the academic word students were today and then she's like on the chalk chalkboard what's what was the word trippiness trippiness say that word 10 times slowly trippiness trippiness oh trippiness trip Trippin- trippiness, tri- <laughs> trippiness, 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 trippiness. It sounds like you're seeing like three penises in a weird way. I'm, I'm hearing something slightly different. For me. Oh, what do you hear? <laughs> it's like even better. I think I hear what Sue hears. How I hear too. Yes. What? You, you can go. You, you want to try it? No, no. What, pink? <laughs> yeah, pink. You want to try it? Clearly, my mind's in a different place Punk. right now. <laughs> no, it's not that different, but ours okay. is more earthen. Oh, more rooted, more connected to this in the planet life that we live. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> more fresh. I can't really guess what you guys were thinking of. More photo, photosynthesizing. Tree penis. Tree penis. Oh, tree. tree penis? Tree. Arbol. Arbre. Tree. Chajara. Boom. <laughs> tree? I don't have war- more words for tree. Shoot. Wula, huh? How do I learn Japanese, man? I can tell you. There's only one way to do it. Go to Japan. Go to Japan. How? No. 
We should. That's where John or James should be on the channel. He uh, he has a deep passion for Jap for the Japanese. <laughs> Even the Japanese. Even the Japanese. That is oh. kink. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Not, that was inappropriate. I'm not sure if you know the, the <laughs> reference for our, this one when Sue and I were reading, we're sitting on the balcony of our house uh, in uh, in Idaho, and um, I could always like why, I don't know why I have to cover my tracks. I can always just mute it in the <laughs> processing when we're trying to keep things anonymous. You know, we're sitting there on the balcony, and I'm reading out the the sort of foreword that was written 180 years later or whatever to Walden, Henry David Thoreau. And it says, this book has been translated in every language you can imagine. German, French, Dutch, Russian, even the Japanese. <laughs> and that was the moment where I expected laughter. So I'm not exactly sure how to react at this point. <laughs> I did laugh, but it wasn't a ha-ha, it was like a, a nose-snort kind of situation. It's a shame, because... I like that. This was a... This was a... This was a wildly funny moment for... For us, when it happened. So I feel like, now I have to question my... The way I, I told it. Maybe... It... The length... So this was the introduction to the book. This is not even the beginning of his writings. This is just only... To, to create the context for the book. Is this making it funnier? So this, we've been, we've been, the, yes, I think so. We've been reading, we've been reading for for like 25 minutes of this beautiful language that describes the situation that, that he was in to write these, this, this book. And, you know, we've gone through his life and his hardships. And then we just find at the end this, that, you know, how, when he's boasting about the number of languages, just how old it was, or yeah when was when this was written like even the japanese like nobody says that you know i feel like you were pretty much there I man i got a lot i feel like i kind of lost you right near the end okay if it, like, if it helps so both your egos both of them didn't hit for me both the stories it so. was written in oh, 1973 you. Shh. why'd you laugh to my mind then i felt like you needed that <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't give me stuff. You don't give me fake things. I'm wow. not good at fake laughter. Fake. Ha ha. No, no, I can't do it. It's like screaming I... on cue. Can't do it. You, you can do it. You just practice. Scream. It's just something you're not used to doing. No, no, I can't. I had to I do it for the mountain, and I And I did it atop the mountain. And the mountains returned it back to me from all corners and all sides. I and that was when I knew that. God existed. Did you laugh with them? No, it was... It eventually descended into a type of throat singing that you hear on the mountaintop. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious, though. I heard someone swallowing, swallowing water pretty, uh... pretty loudly. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was Sue. Parched. No, no. I thought I was calling him out. No. Oh. I'll, I'll take my... <laughs> it would have been funny if it was me. I'll take my leave now. Clearly I missed up the whole recording. I'm always amused by loud gulpers. 
like PLPB. That guy gulps like a, like a horse. Oh, PLPB is a good friend of ours. He also worked with us in our company that makes things that you also joined us in. Yeah, I'm uh, still waiting to Chartreuse. be a part of that website. Oh yeah, waiting for my my <laughs> unpaid intern. Chartreuse is like I, I check this three times a day. <laughs> I just haven't said it. <laughs> <laughs> Caught me. <laughs> like remove the bookmark. <laughs> Maybe no. I checked it last week. Well, we should get on that. Now, shouldn't we? I mean, that could be an unpaid intern job, but... but... Exactly, write your, write your own bio. <laughs> because for us, we hire externally. We just go on, like, Fiverr, and we're like, hey, can you write a bio for us? <laughs> yes. Here, here's a picture. Like, you know, he's a face reader. He'll, he'll figure it out. Like looking at this picture, what do you think this person does in the company? Yeah. I was watching, you know, Leslie showed me the, this crazy show about the, this matchmaker in India. Have either of you seen it? What's the name no. of it? I don't remember, but it's essentially a reality TV about a matchmaker in India, except she's been doing it for 30 years. And... It's not that the reality TV show came up with the concept. They just found someone who was doing this and they pointed cameras at her. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy, but it's also sort of super drama. So she has to match some women. There's this one 34-year-old lawyer chick in, in, te in Texas, and she's essentially presenting herself to be the most disagreeable human being on the planet. <laughs> it was just really amusing watching... This person, the matchmaker, who is clearly extremely, extremely, extremely competent. They're like, she is not realistic <laughs> about what is important in a life partner. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was fascinating as a show. It was really fascinating. I didn't bring it up for that reason. I brought it up for another reason, but now I've forgotten what it was. Now I really want to watch it. I recommend it, yeah. actually. I feel like I could it's learn a lot from this woman. You could. She's oh yeah. So she goes to see a face reader in India because she's she she has this client that she's thinking. I have to pair this person with someone. I have to find her someone. But she's when she when asked, um, do you want him to have a sense of humor? Her response was, sense of humor. Uh, no, that's not important uh, to me. And she um. was dead serious. That's so Absolutely sad. Absolutely dead serious. Apurna. Wow. And so we're watching. Oh my god. And so this woman, the matchmaker, goes. she's back in India. She goes to an, you know, one of those little tiny Jordanian style corner offices where a guy's business is in a, in a 50 square foot, like tiny, I don't know what's small, like a, a really small space that's just like papers everywhere or whatever. And she shows him one picture of this girl and she says... Uh, could you tell me about her? And he says something like, she looks very disagreeable. She needs a subservient husband who will be okay with being slapped. 
And we're just like, she, and the matchmaker is just like keeping a wow. straight face, and you know the matchmaker in her head is thinking, "Damn straight, <laughs> this is, you know, this woman, this woman had nothing, had nothing in her like, uh, to add." And then we get to the kitchen, and she's like, "So do you cook, matchmaker? Do you cook?" And she's like, "No, I, I hate cooking." <laughs> and the matchmaker looks at the camera, and we all collectively go. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> she broke the fourth wall. I love that. I'm not sure if she looked at us. I don't, but we all felt it. We all felt it in that moment. And then you have the this sort of kind of formal talking head with the matchmaker. She's like, she is not being a realistic. She is a no. She is a difficult client to place. But in the end, that's where they come to me. <laughs> and she's right. Like her ego has been challenged. Like you don't, you don't come to me if it's easy to find a partner. You know, I'm a matchmaker. I'm here. To, this is. I have to do my job. <laughs> but she's a professional. You know. Mhm. What's the point calling her if she can't match the hard to match cases? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's useless. I actually. It's funny. I really. I, it's a good I show. felt bad it's for enjoying show. it, but it was a good show, and it was funny. It was super fascinating because this woman is worthy of my respect. Does she take international clients? <laughs> totally, she's asking, got this. Like the second asking episode. Asking for a friend, a close, close friend. Well, if if you can say that, like, for, <laughs> right. you have this one chick who's um, Indian heritage, like, but her family was sort of moved to Guyana in the what 30s or 40s to be work family, and so she's not Indian really. She's not connected to. It. She's from she's Guyanese, but she's connected to Indian culture. But she's. As Reddit describes her, an 11 out of 10. You know, super sweet, friendly person who ha runs her own business. She's a wed wedding really? planner. And she's just looking for someone... Because Indian people don't want her because they... She's not part of their tradition, you know? It'd be hard to bring her to back to your Indian parents. And so... What's the name of the I, show? Just look it up, Indian Matchmaker Show. Like, the whole thing is also super... It's an insight into the culture. You know, of India, it's it's an insight into their whole world of this distinction between marriage and love marriage. That's what they call the distinction. They don't have the word arranged marriage. It's marriage and love marriage. And so it's an mm. insight into India. It's not just like garbage reality TV. What's the what's the difference between marriage and love marriage? Arranged and not arranged. Ah. Uh. That face reader, man, the way he described... Because what was really interesting is that they'd already shown, like, we'd gotten to know these two particular individuals pretty well. Like, clients of hers. So we'd already judged them ourselves as an audience. And then we read, we hear what the face reader says about them, and he's thinking, man... And we all, as the audience, think, man, hammer on the head, man. <laughs> That's exactly what these people are. <laughs> and he just sees one picture. Wait, so you actually know these people, or...? No, I don't know. Wait, what? No, the face reader looks at this picture. It's you, in the episode. These are your family members, Rob? <laughs> yes, this is only my family. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's racial. Because I live in the Middle East. Oh, You're giving oh, away oh, your I place. Didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> if you, so, Chartreuse, if you, um... If you can somehow say that you have Indian heritage... I think yeah. you could, I think you could, especially you have some archaeological, like, knowledge people don't have, like, you could convince someone in some way that you are, you know, Gujarati. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm getting summoned again. 
No. When she says she's being summoned, is that some sort of like alien yeah. summoning? None. Uh, my brother was yes. calling my name. I summon you. And I didn't want to scream no into the <coughs> mic loudly, so. <coughs> you are summoned. Imagine when we, if we put Alex on this, like, he, he, he would, he wouldn't care. Like, he would just say, "What, mom?" I mean. So I was talking a little bit about what this podcast could be to another set of friends. I tried to bounce the idea off a couple of people, and it, I said to, uh, to Sue early, earlier, I'm really drawn to the idea of using this as a creative space to brainstorm anything, anything we feel like, with no real incentive that we have a horse in the race. You know, we could say, hey, you know what, I, uh, I saw some pretty... Uh, funny dog treats I want to make let's come up with some funny ideas for them you know and then you just just for the hell of it no other reason other than that and maybe you feel funny you say hey dog treats we we came up with some funky ideas but you have to listen to our podcast if you want to hear them <laughs> so you just get random people to be like look these people just said these unknown people said that they've spent three hours or two hours coming up with great ideas for what I do they're like, okay, let me do it. And then we just have them listen to our high whatever ramblings. And maybe we come up with good ideas. But it's a fun way to use this thing as just a way to mess with people. But also maybe add some new ideas to the world. Honestly, I was thinking about when I was on a walk the other day about just recording my inner in internal monologue. But then I thought I'd be a little too crazy for people to listen to. <laughs> well... If you want some perspective on, so I can give you a bit wider end of the spectrum of what craziness is, when we were listening to David Cho talk to Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. David Cho said that at some point he um, he wanted to see what it would sound like if he had a, a really big, what was it, a really big butt plug in his mouth while he was podcasting. And then he just kept going and he did it for about five hours. Mm-hmm. Just going. For five I hours. Get a mini, I did get a mini microphone that can plug into my phone um, slightly as a joke so that I could like interview my dog and snails and tortoise. Um, but then I That's thought I'd be, <laughs> but then I thought I'd be funny to take it on walks to record stuff. Just carrying around a mini microphone. Yeah, there are depths to Chartreuse that we have not even remotely, remotely scratched. <laughs> I haven't yeah, even man. scratched a lot of the surfaces in my own mind. Well, we could use this podcast as a, as a way to do it. I mean, we're happy to sit here and listen while we have no intention of talking over, you know, just to be... Well, what's what's great is that you, you're able to now you listen to the conversation that preceded this conversation, mm -hmm. you know, when you entered. That is true. Basically, it's cool like yeah you you can join in on the conversation you know isn't that cool well I, I like the idea that it exists before you or after you you know that your mm -hmm. own perspective of it yeah seems to that's the beauty of the discord channel as such that the conversation although typically is an ephemeral thing you you can only exist in that one moment because it's recorded as you're saying yeah the whole the yeah, thing has an, so an entity of it, itself, you know. The conversation is not the people; it's the conversation itself. So, like, you can swap the people out. I mean, I just wanna. Even though I know I oh, don't yeah. need to prove this, I just wanna prove that I'm more than just 
love of talking about death and bones. There's more to me than that. I have some substance. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. Of course. I'm sure there's more to you. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> and, like, find meanwhile, things. me and Sue were <laughs> like, I just want to put this on record. <laughs> you know, just gesturing with that, you know, where you put the hand under your mouth and, like, with the flat palm, suggest, like, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I have bones around my room and a lot of death things, I'm more than... You're not helping. No, I know. I'm not helping my case. <laughs> I am happy to, to, to play some music in my headphones that are that is the music that you suggest, and then to listen to you as you project your internal thoughts onto the air. Well, right now I don't have the internal thoughts because it's. I feel very. Um, it needs to come naturally. Um, but that is a nice thing to keep in mind. Thank you for that reassurance. Yes. Well, just know that we think everybody is crazy. <laughs> I think everyone is oh, crazy sim- though too. So we simply don't discriminate the degrees of crazy. I think we we're also because we're in our own heads. We understand the the. Crazy is just a matter of interpretation from whatever angle you interpret from. Mm-hmm. Normal does not exist. We've just decided that normal is a, as we said, it's a matter of frequency. It just happens more often. That's all it is. There is no normal. Nor will it be normal. We agree, but we like talking too much. And sometimes we need to listen more. I like listening, though. Yes, but it's important to be listened to. That is true. It's more like I just generally don't have that much to say all the time. I think I, I've, I mean, I've talked the most I have talked in this podcast than before. But, <laughs> but that is just because I, I, I feel very extroverted recently instead of introverted. The new me. Do you feel a sort of newness? Like a sort of rebirth in some sense? Eh, yeah. I also realize that it's difficult to... Uh, this is just a recent realization that um, when I talk, I'm very expressive with my hands. So trying to portray that or like I don't know, but show that through the podcast is something <laughs> that just came to mind. I, oh, I just talk a lot with my hands and realizing that you can't see that in a voice is interesting. I'd love to write that down somewhere in the in the sort of sub-description of the podcast because I think Sue and I also are kind of some hand talkers. Uh, are you Sue? Sometimes, yeah. I don't know. Or do you just sit still? Like a board. Totally yeah. still, his hands just by his side. <laughs> just relaxed. <laughs> Completely relaxed. They're always down, never ever move. Looks like you have a stick up your ass st- when you talk. <laughs> no, but he looks relaxed, but totally immobile. <laughs> <laughs> there, um, at, at the, the study abroad high school that I went to, we had a speaker come into the 
to speak to us and he was he was the something for aids for um, for the government okay like and, against uh, aids he was gay himself yeah. no he was working for he was working for the department that fought aids that was a really bad description sorry I need to get this wait 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 right we, 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 we know, right? you just kept going <laughs> you lost us real early um, look I got we got a good laugh out of it let's rewind to that spot <laughs> you said you had things he's working for AIDS <laughs> he works for the government for the government for the so government fight AIDS fighting AIDS he's a government official in 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 the in the war against AIDS it was this <laughs> okay, it was this sh this shorter, thin, white guy. Shorter um, than what? Flamboyant, short. He was short and thin, and white. Um, and uh, he was flamboyant in his movements and in his way of speech. And uh, he had this this like straight straight hair that that parted two sides. And uh, kind of really relaxed. The relaxed to the to the like where you know like your back curves outwards instead of inwards. He's just really relaxed. And uh, he comes in and he sits down on this distinguished chair that we have for him. All the, the, the this room is in like a a very thin oval room. And we're sitting all around and the chairs are are plastic chairs. But he has this beautiful. You know, leather, brown leather chair with these really nice hand rests on the side. So, as you know, a distinguished speaker needs a distinguished chair. And uh, probably ten minutes into his his talk, he kind of gets a little bit more comfortable, and slowly puts his legs, uh, pretty much like on the hand rest. His his, and his legs start dandling on the chair. <laughs> like he's sitting sideways in the chair. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and he's just so relaxed he's talking about AIDS to us and we're all looking at each other like Hey Jeff this guy doing? Well you know about the war on AIDS, just like sitting like a child in a chair. Amazing. Like, oh back in Uganda. You know he, he, and he just sits like, backwards in the chair. You know Yeah, what I did mention is like he's the way he started was his legs were like tightly on top of each other. You know how like how like women are supposed to su to su supposed to sit. I'm like, like excuse just, me, like, how long I'm supposed to sit? <laughs> yes. I said <laughs> I, d I didn't mention oh, sorry, I was using my hands quote unquote. I'm joking. I hope um, you know that. Yes, but anyways, um you know, just like that's how he started to sit, but then slowly and slowly he just got really comfortable. Just started dangling his legs. <laughs> so it's it's okay to be, it's okay to be relaxed in your posture, and, you know, when you talk, it's fine because you can be you can be the director of AIDS still. <laughs> he showed us. Do you want, do you want to repeat that? that? Like, is that is that something that we want to quote this episode on? That's the, that's the title of, of this episode. Director. Don't even of don't AIDS. even quote it. <laughs> All right, I'm in. I agree. 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. But what was the, why? Why did this come up? I was saying that we're, we were talking about <laughs> this the relaxed stance mm -hmm. when talking. But why did that? Why was that relevant to? Like, what was this relevant to? Because Sarah, because Turk, uh, Pink was talking. <laughs> Pink was talking about that she's a hand talker. Yes. Uh, wait, wait, but how did it lead from hand talking to that? She's talking about ha that she was a hand talker and she wanted to prove that she was a hand talker, and then we started thinking about ourselves. You, you were like, um. Sue, like, what do you? Are you a hand talker as well? Then uh, Chartreuse was like, maybe he doesn't use his hands. And then you were okay. Now we got it. We said, got oh, it. Oh, maybe he had to reach back there. Uses his right. feet instead. <laughs> but I, I think it'd be funny if you were very verbally expressive and very visually, facially expressive, but never ever moved your hands or legs when you spoke. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great contrast, actually. For <laughs> Just legs flailing around. <laughs> <laughs> pointing with you, you, you over exactly. there, just pointing with your foot. <laughs> In some sense, hands are arbitrary. You know, like if you sit often, why don't you use your leg to point at people? You know, why is that weird? I don't know why, but like the term hand talker just sounds very sexual to me. But that's I just know, I my completely opinion. agree. <laughs> I had the same exact thought. <laughs> oh, I'm a hand talker. You know what that means, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just I've never given it a label other than I talk with my hands it's like saying like you know what they say about big feet right like <laughs> yeah right I don't actually big shoes is that what they say no it's yes it's to reference the size yes, of that's one's exactly. um, extra appendage usually found in males the third leg is sometimes referred to where are you getting this information? Um, my other male friends. American Are culture. they reliable? Um, RJ and Caleb. So no. <laughs> <laughs> so no. <laughs> Definitely not. No. <laughs> well, these are, uh, I would say, general truth, but... Perhaps not as interesting as I would have hoped. Maybe that's just me. Hmm. I had a, a, I had a strange experience yesterday. If you wanna hear something funky. I mean, isn't that why we're meeting on this in this hour? No. Oh. Well, okay, I mean, then. you know, we 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 meet just to like, you know, to see what's good. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, no, you mentioned that you had an, a strange experience yesterday that you wanted to tell us about. I, yes. That is that is truth. No. It was just a funky situation. We're in a situation where we're interviewing some people who are well-known in the Netherlands. I, I wasn't familiar to the degree of which this one guy was well-known. He's essentially the Netherlands' most famous rapper. And uh, 
You know, it's interesting because you, you see fame presented to you. I'd never actually interacted with someone so famous. I just truly never interacted with them. And it was not... I had no image, no conception of... Of, oh, wow, this is a special experience. Other than thinking, wow, this is... This is pretty interesting to, to be sitting opposite this person, being able to ask them questions and sort of direct the conversation with this person. Because I'm actually kind of curious what what happens in their mind. You know, I'm only I only see them represented in the media. I don't... I don't ever have to get to experience sort of the conversation with them myself and sort of judge for myself who I think they are. So it's just like, I kind of started grilling. Where, you know, the whole theme of the story was, of the whole series of interviews that they're doing is that, you know, you have to be motivated and get to and work hard to get to where you need to be. Right? That was the, this is the sort of theme, you know, it's just like a motivational, <laughs> called Street Academy. And then, so I said, you, okay, you know, you were super motivated to get to, you know, where you are now. You, you had some big hits and, and whatever. <clears throat> but, and that gave you a fire, a certain fire that drove you to a certain place. And then I asked him, well, where's the fire now? And he had nothing. And it seemed it was kind of weird because... I started uh, asking him, okay, look, you, you know, in 16, you imagine the life that you currently are living today. You know, you pictured it and you're living it. What are you picturing for for 36, you know? Because he's 26. What do you picture for 36? And he said, honestly? And he gestured. He rubbed his two fingers together. You know, gestured. Money. Mm. No. That was it. Dad, that is kind of sad. He had this whole entourage, which was... That's, a, that's an intense experience, man. This whole entourage mm -hmm. was defending him, but I was having actually good conversation. I gave him some good questions, and at some point I gave him... The, he was talking about his dad all the time, and I gave him this idea to say, Hey, have you, have you ever made a, a song about your dad? Like, to your dad? Huh. I've never thought about that. Man, that's a good one. <laughs> He's like, um. I'll send it. You'll be, you'll be the first to hear it. Like, I, um... I went out to the parking lot to smoke my packs, and he's in his, like, massive Range Rover. He's, like, revving his engine. I'm on the phone. I walk over. I offer them packs. He doesn't want any. I asked him, you ever hear, uh, I asked him if you'd heard Mac Miller's posthumous album. And he said he'd only heard it, but not really listened to it very much. And so we put on the first song, and I told, I told the man, like, this whole idea of a rapper sort of coming total peace with himself in this whole world, it's a really attractive, super interesting concept. And so we just sat there for a while, just listening to the first song of the album. And it was pretty cool. Because I said, you know what, I'm kind of like you, man, except the only difference is I, I dig the anonymity. You know, that's... that's And he's like, and I love the attention. <laughs> I said, well, there's balance between us, then. You know your best friends with a famous rapper. <sighs> it's nice knowing <laughs> you, Rob. That's just how it goes. It was inevitable. You know, I say to him, um, you know, the beauty of this idea, at this point after the interview is no longer on camera, his posse is around, there's like four guys who were sort of unctuous, which is perfect word to describe them. Obsequious is another one, you know, servile, these types of guys who pretty much walk around bent over, bowing to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I say, you know, one of the nice things about writing a song about your dad like that is that nobody can tell you 
anything of how to change it, what to do with it. It's all yours. And then one of his posse goes, well, he... He's gonna... It's typically that way anyway for him. <laughs> thinking. Oh, it felt very much like the character in The Big Lebowski. The one who's, you know, Mr. Jeff, Mr. Lebowski's a great achiever. You know, that, the, the, the butler. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It just felt that way, you know? And I'm like, Jesus, like, get your head out of that guy's ass. Man, like, he had them bring baby wipes for him. In, in case he had to go to the toilet. He had the talent agency what? bring him baby wipes. I mean, I'm if that's you, his one request, that's not that bad. No, it's not about that. It's just the principle in, in, the, in the Netherlands of no, a real society of do normal. That's this Dutch society. But, you know, I didn't think, to be honest, my impression of him, I actually, beside the fact that he was shameless about his love of money, I didn't have a bad impression of him as a character. As such, just my own personal intuition, just listening to him. I thought he seemed like a decent guy. And who who's sort of happened upon a circumstance and he's living in it and reveling in it. Mm -hmm. ah, so what pretty, is this? I mean, oh, continue, Rob. No, please. Oh, I was just gonna ask what the project is that you're working on in Netherlands. Essentially, uh, it's I'm just helping my brother out. <laughs> he oh. he was contracted to film. However, lacks perhaps the requisite experience to be able to command uh, a shoot of that nature and the previous people who because he was editing the project prior to that but the people before that uh, who had filmed it had done a very subpar job and so they were looking for somebody to do it and my brother offered saying that he could do it and he could probably but it was it just had been a while so i came to to help out that's nice yeah it was nice there to be home some, for a little bit yeah, there's some interesting characters. Another one that Sue, I think you would find really interesting, perhaps, is this kid, he, um, at, you know, at 15, 16, he was the hot prospect at Ajax Football Club. He was very special, and he sort of built up to that, always being told that he's a very special talent. Real Madrid knocks on the door, and he gets pushed into the under-19s team, and he's the first 16-year-old ever, and he's Dutch, and he just thinks he's on top of the world. He's seen as a very special prospect, and he's completely beating everybody. And this kid currently is 22. And so I'm thinking, and he kept talking about himself in such glowing, glowing, glowing terms. He's been told that he's going to be one of the world's best, and that's how he's been reminded constantly. And so he said he plays for the Real Madrid B team in front of Zinedine Zidane and the whole management, and in the team, in the game, on the 70th minute, at age 16, he breaks his clavicle. He gets, he gets a shirt signed by all the first team saying, get well soon, get well soon. And he felt like he was on top of the world. They rushed him to surgery faster than any civilian would be in, led into surgery. He was getting the full Real Madrid treatment. And, when it was, and he felt really cool. But what had happened is that it would take him very long to recover. And from that point on, he said he started getting plagued with injuries where he had sort of torn ligaments in his ankles both times left and right. And both knees had gone something, one thigh, one hamstring here and constantly injury after injury now he's 22 playing for the second team in the second league of the Netherlands and it's he's clearly sort of really broken up about the fact that he was told that he clearly was a very special talent and this stupid injuries seem to keep standing in the way of and he he has this fire in him and that's what I told him I said look because he grew up 
in a good family. He looks like a Dutch Robert Pattinson. Very good-looking kid. And very gentle, soft-spoken, well-educated from a healthy family. You know? And he's super likable by, for that reason. And he sort of grew on you. And you felt bad for the kid because, you know, what he said in the end... Because I, I wanted to ask him, like, would you be able to accept that this was a crazy story and move on? Before I could even ask him that question, he said, for me, there are two options. Either I... Either I end up in a wheelchair, or I make what I'm achieve, what I want to achieve. And in Dutch, it had more poetry to how he expressed it, but it, it had a lot of gravity. It seemed like he had sort of found a fire, because you know, if you get hyped up your whole life as I'm going to be the great prospect, everything is great, good family, good prospect, everything is special. You you don't ever experience the adversity that you need to sort of overcome in a hero's journey to really be great. Right, and so I—that's how I see it for him, and I'm hoping for the best because it would be really, it'd be really cool to see this kid succeed. But also, it's like a very similar story. A lot of them. Yeah, he's not no, unique. It's painful. Hundred percent. But what was interesting is simply to to try and dissect that and ask that. A lot of questions. It, it to me, it seemed like a, a kind of a strange, strange person to, to to bring in for uh, something that's supposed to be professional development for young people wanting to succeed in the world. Mm. <laughs> Some kind of it is yeah. ironic. Someone who's depressed about his own. And, and then another guy. Profession. He's like he was a successful soccer player. He did well. Uh, but he spent all his money, uh, regretted a lot of his decisions, blew everything away. Now is a football pundit, and but all he cares about is family. Another one essentially lost his memory halfway through, and in a car and an accident, he's in a, like a Dutch big music act. But and he his conclusion was after all the money, the fame, the drugs, that he wants to be close to family. <laughs> and so all these people that are just supposed to coming in to like motivate people professionally, that's essentially what they're saying is, I went too far, and I just want to be. Back to how it was before. I want to be normal. Again. <laughs> exactly. So it's like that's actually a pretty good takeaway, to be honest. <laughs> I think now it gets to some real stuff. I just don't think it's gonna serve their interest very much. Yeah, true. They're too far gone. They can't go back. Yeah, and they brought somebody to conduct the interview, so the liability is completely off of us. <laughs> like we don't have. To oh, that's good. Yeah, but even then, we, we did questions? put... Exactly. I, I tried to ask them more uh, substantial questions. And that's sort of where they were looking to me for, but it was still... Some of the... God, like... It was a fascinating encounter with... Because it's organized by a talent agency, so they're sending people who they regard as talented. Mm. That's all soccer players. Sorry, sorry. Football players. We're not religious about this. If you want to call it soccer, you should call it soccer. No, no, we had a discussion about this. We had a discussion. So what are the politics? <laughs> I will recognize it as football. We're just not these militant people that are going to make you speak in a certain way. If you feel like you do it just for fun to sort of join in on what we want to do, please, power to you. But we don't want to, like, push you against any kind of grain. I mm. feel hazed and peer pressured. pressured. No, 
I'm just kidding. I'm... <laughs> In fact, there's a knife to my throat, apparently. <laughs> you hear Sue's breathing. <sighs> my kids will die. <laughs> Honestly, I could care so much less. I could, I couldn't care less about any kind of sport. Not like, <laughs> like just any sports in general. I just don't really have a care for them. Can I tell you why I think people like sports? Why? It's because it. No, but everybody realizes that it doesn't actually matter. Oh, but some don't. And that's the I, scary okay. thing. Okay. Oh yeah, man. Sure. You're, you're not. You're not. You're not talking to the D1 kid. You know. I'm. Uh, I think. Uh, the con. I'm talking about as it as a spectator sport more than anything. Uh, have you Have you been to Boston? It's not just sports there. It's a religion. I know it is, and I know that for most part it is. But it's the type of religion where you you can get behind, where you know that the. It's in the end you can you can define it in very clear terms. You, your whole world exists in a system that you understand, and it's it's comforting in that sense. People get mm -hmm. grow comfort by being part of something like that that they can define. Yes. Is that right, Sue? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great input. Director of AIDS. Oh, yeah. Was it, director, was it director for or director of? Or with. For. What would this do? Too easy. True, true, true. Why are you coughing? Um, My throat was scratchy. I didn't feel like I. Attack. I didn't think I would have to defend that. <laughs> no, no, I just, just scratchy throat. And you can see why I was asking. I just thought you were ingesting herbs. No, hopefully later when I'm on the, so off the job. What if? What if? What if? Um, oh, never mind. No, 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 no hit it, hit no, it. No, why no, not? No. Hit it, please. No, because we can't. No, no, it's this a, is a, this is an open space. Censored. Okay, don't kill me. <laughs> okay, anyways, what if what if uh, this whole thing, like, what what has happened in the last year, can he, continues for a good ten years? You know, how how do you think life would change for the entire world? Like, do you think they'll take things less seriously or more seriously? Less. I mean, look at a lot of places. And like, what does that mean? I mean like, is that is that a cool? Th is that gonna be? Is that gonna be a th cool thing? Like, you know. Like, everybody just taking things less seriously? The whole entire world? Well, I can't really speak for anywhere outside of the U.S. because I haven't been outside of the U.S. in a long time, or nor do I relate to most of it. But, I mean, just comparing the thoughts on what's happening in the world right now when it first started in, like, March, when it was, like... 10 cases everything shut down in a town but now there's probably like 200 cases and everyone's like going about trying to still go back to school and stuff like that it's, it's just the seriousness i think people take like i think people just try to create 
a new a new normal around what's going on and i think with that have become people taking things less seriously what that'd be a cool world to live in no like do you think that'd be like a renaissance oh i hope so yeah people being more chill yeah Is it so bad? What? Everything. Like, I understand. There's a lot of sadness. But is it... Less traveling? Less pollution? More time with family? More reflection time? Like, I, I understand we are so quick as human beings to call things bad, but... What if we put this project this fi in 5-10 years? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Honestly, all I want to do, kiss my friends in a club dance floor. That's all I want to do. That's all I miss. Smooch them. Smooch them after the pregame. <laughs> Smooch them right after that. Yeah. Other than that, I could, I could live like this. I could live like I this. Could, I could stay. I could, yeah. I, I did a for my dual citizenship to Canada. So once I get that, I'm free. And then I give it my U.S. citizenship. Give it up. <laughs> Revoke it, please. You have to pay for that. Yeah, it's only $75. Would you, though? It's a cheap change. Now that I'm a, now that I'm a working woman... Would you consider um, actually revoking it? No. I think having the dual citizenship to Canada and the U.S. is a very powerful dual citizenship to have. Power. <sighs> At least, like, to go enter into other places around the world. Um, <laughs> I like to enter them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I think revoking that would only... It wouldn't be beneficial to me. If you want to enter places. Yes. Jerry. You can interpret what enter means at your own will. <laughs> what, what else would it mean? I don't, I don't know. You were saying it in a very uh, elusive way. <laughs> that made it suggest that it was something different. Yeah, you're putting words in my mouth. Listen, Chartreuse. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, Chartreuse. Let's just get things so <laughs> Let's get things totally clear here. <laughs> nothing was suggestive <laughs> about what I say. There was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing. And you are. <laughs> you are wrong. Sue, what were you going to say? That, that was it. Funny sometimes, you know. Let's just get things clear. We're getting better at the telepathy, huh? Hmm. Telepathy, tele telepathy, pathy, pathy. No. Shit. You're not gonna like. You're not just gonna. Keep going. That's, no. You just need another bar. I was setting the beat for you, man. I was waiting for that. Okay. It was just... Gotta, we have to understand your your beat. <laughs> no, you're right. Actually, I was just getting insecure about doing it. <laughs> um, I'm very sorry. I to interrupt, but um, 
I didn't realize how late it was and I'm on supposed to be on dinner duty at seven. <laughs> so I need to leave. I'm very sorry though. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye stop. and and stop. We don't die, we just stop. Just No, you just leave. Exactly, because now we're talking to just nothing. Don't talk. Stop oh. talking. Stop, stop. stop. <laughs> just leave. <laughs> then in our recording, it's just you don't hear her, you just hear us going, Stop! 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 <laughs> it's actually funny, like, the rule is, don't go on the channel unless you're recording. Yeah, right. Because maybe we have to sort of establish that outside of the recording period, so it's because we're always trying to decide it in the middle of the recording, like, how do we stop? We need rules. We need rules, Sue. We need to organize this world. I, know. I don't know if we do need to. We man. need rules. Come on, man. man. Tell me it wouldn't be really funny if we just brainstormed. What I said to you earlier, like with Aviation Gin, and just said, have someone listen to this. It might be worth it. Man, you know how my dad always says, <laughs> An hour come of from his above. Time. You know, like, that's what my dad always says, come from above. It's like, there's not much more bigger than, like... There's not like a, exactly, but there's not much bigger of a big dick move than saying, listen to me for two hours, and you might find something good in there. And he's like, there is good stuff, but he has to listen for a long time. And you, you tell him, listen to the whole thing. Don't skip parts. All of it. Don't listen to it twice. <laughs> it's like it's about big dig moves, man. You know, you gotta you gotta talk to these people right. Yeah, you're right. You gotta I mean For me it's like you just have to get his attention. I agree, and you can get anybody's attention, man. Hey Jeff Bezos, <laughs> we came up with some ideas for your little project, Amazon. Let's get on this, brother. Yeah, because we do have... There's one degree of separation, right? Exactly. We use Amazon.com. Exactly. <laughs> Which brings us to our sponsor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not Amazon.com supplies you with the same stuff, but not what it is. Not so... so, so could you tell me uh, if I were to if I were looking for a bicycle, where what would I find on? You would go to notamazon.com okay. and you would write bicycle, and it would not give you a bicycle. It would not give you a not bicycle, or it would give you a not bicycle. It would. You have the option to not or to not not. So <laughs> it's actually what you want. <laughs> For five ninety nine, you can get a super, a super great deal. <laughs> super, su super uh, great the, deal. <laughs> using the code, not. That's N O O O O O T. <laughs> All caps. <laughs> How many O's? Back to you, Ra. <laughs> it's N O. That's right. That's N O O O O 
Oh, oh, oh. Wait, that was one more O than last time. Wait, how many O's is That's not correct. Oh, man. I mean, there was some gold in there, I think. It's because it's not. It's whatever you want it to be. Isn't that right, Ryan Reynolds? No, the. This is not aviation gin. This is not aviation gin. All the things that are not aviation gin. <laughs> like, this is a bicycle. This is not aviation gin. <laughs> Didn't we have something like that? <laughs> Man, that's actually a brilliant idea. We could use that for anything. For absolutely anything. Do you think people would buy that? No, not for anything. It would be super funky of a commercial. Just saying, like... Very statements that are all true, you know? <laughs> like, you show a wine bottle. This is not aviation gin. You show a television. This is not aviation gin. You're a radiator. <laughs> this is not aviation... <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes I think, like... Zinich? Or not? <laughs> Maybe we should, like... You know, right? Z well, uh, you have to put it in the Zinich pile or the well, not Zinich the, pile. We don't have a pile. We just put them in the air and you have to listen for two hours. You have to listen to us. <laughs> Like, listen, you're going to have to listen to Rob, this Rob, is, Sue, and I mean, Rob yeah. Sue and Sarah talk for we, like two and a half hours, but then really it gets to it. We really don't care. <laughs> then it gets to the... We really don't care. <laughs> we don't care about anything. Uh, unpaid intern listening to this, looking for funny ideas. Uh, it, it could be cool if like, uh, for example, the radiator. Like, it's just like, so smoking hot... And right next to the radiator, there's this smoking hot woman, just really like kind of turned on by the radiator. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Like, yeah, turned turned on like, by the heat. As in, it's of the too radiator, warm, just so like, she has to remove clothing. Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no removal of clothing. It's just that she's pretty. She's turned on by the heat okay. of the whole thing. <laughs> she's sweating. She's sweating. Okay. And then uh, you just. We we say this is not aviation gin, and then but we remove the radiator through like with wheels, and we reveal the gin, and, the gin, and and we say like this is aviation gin, and this and the woman's still there. <laughs> I like the I like the core of the concept. It sounds like almost Icelandic in some sense. You could just you could you could you could build <laughs> a whole funny. episode around like all each thirty Speed. second thing like this is not and. Yeah, you, yeah. you you come up with a, like an intricate scene that's really really strange where you have no idea what's going on and it has no sense. It's just yeah. evocative for the sake of it being evocative, you know. <laughs> yes, like yes, very yes, strange. Yes. And then it's just like this is not skir, <laughs> and then yeah. it just shows this you a little thing. This is skir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people thought of what is this, right? But it would be super like evocative. The, the, the process the process of of uh, of this. This project would be, what are, what is aviation gin? Like, what what are the characteristics that is 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 wanted in in this gin? And then, comp like compare those characteristics to something that is not the drink itself. So, a bottle or a, an animal or anything. You know what I mean? Two. You're thinking with the S word. Sense. We should. Yes, I, I'm. I'm producing. So how about how about I how about head. I would say a different type of slightly different type of challenge. 
I think a lot of the problems with ads these days is that they try so hard to oh, it's too they try to make everything make sense. Like what if you create something that in our head doesn't make any sense, but you allow it to be interpreted in whatever oh. way? I mean that's easier. <laughs> yes, it's much more fun too. <laughs> Stuff like we don't need to put rules of like how to make it make sense because then you then you get caught in these like logical situations where you need you need it to somehow fit, otherwise it doesn't work. Well, I guess you can determine what. It, I mean, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm still thinking realistically right now, but it's uh, it's just depending on the goal that they want. What's the message? Do they want people to know what it is, or what, or what it feels like, or what it isn't? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Do we want people to know what it is? So, like, if if they want, if you want people to know what it is, then the process I, I just mentioned would be useful. But if we want people to know what the brand is, how it feels like, and what what to, what values to associate with this brand, then your process would be much better to, for, for use. So we're not marketing people. We're not trying to add marketing to the world. We're just trying to add some funny shit to the world. Right? We're, we have no interest in coming up with what would be a successful campaign for their brand. You know, it's it's much more like, if we want to add some funny shit that would make people laugh, this is corporate. No, it's not. Not I, corporate. It doesn't have to be. In the end, we're the idea people, and if we want to make ideas, we make them on our own rules. We don't have to bend to anybody's rules because we're not. We're not trying. We don't need to be there. This is our game. Play it. Play it by our game. You know, play it by our rules. I really believe that. What? I honestly believe that. In terms of working with agencies or whatever, I have no interest. No interest at all in working with agencies, no matter what. It's just you will sell yourself. You don't need to. And I think if you continue to make great work, like what we do, you see that, wait a minute, there's a system that when you trust a couple, a small group of individuals who are really, really well-oiled to work together, who clearly, if you think of it, if you really think of it for a second, that makes better sense than hiring a company who hires an external company to produce an idea that's not theirs, that they don't, they don't really care about, and they don't take responsibility. And so instead, you have a few very talented people who work who know how to work together who know how to produce good things of course that's going to be better and as far as i'm concerned that's what I, I think is a logical thing to offer it's a very different thing and yes it means that you might not hit all your points in the in the methodical way you need but does it mean when you look at what we do we create something that it feels real organic when people share it with each other it's because they think it's amazing in a way that doesn't try to manipulate them in an advertising way. It just delights them. That's what we try to do. Delight people. And make people laugh, you know? And it doesn't have to ever serve any... We can do it our way. And I believe it. I really believe it. People say there's a world we have to conform to. We don't. No, that makes sense, of course. Yeah, you're right. <coughs> but how do you... How... how, how how can people people be convinced by this idea? How can you convince people? You have to convince people, not not uh, the idea of hiring uh, these types of okay, creators. Okay, fine. So there, are, I I could easily I think I could convince you if I form the argument. You just like the the, the the argument is that I by you commissioning us, I will provide value to your company. Or I'll provide value to whatever project you're, you're thinking about, right? Well, no. I think what I can say is I will provide quality to the work that you will not be able to find elsewhere. Quality. That's what I will provide. 
Value, I cannot promise. I can, you can never promise value. You absolutely can't. It's totally subjective. I can promise you my judgment, which, which, and my judgment, you have my track record to be able to judge my judgment for yourself. To be able to determine if my judgment is sound. That's up to you to decide. And you take responsibility for that decision. Because I, can't, I cannot make any promises to you about my judgment, anything than, other than what you've seen in my track record. I put everything that I've ever made online so that I can show you this is what I look like on my worst day. And this is what I look like on my best. Mm. I believe that. And so that transparency is why people seem to be so drawn to what we do. You look at <coughs> Les, she's, she's the, the image of quality. Every interaction people have with her is she's a quality person with quality interactions, with quality ideas and quality thinking and quality commitment to her projects, quality attention to detail. It's all quality. Everything about her. That's the first impression people have. When we produce our work, everything we think about is about the quality of the product. We're, and I realize other people don't think about that. They don't occupy their mind with that. We are only thinking about the quality of the product. How good can we make it look? How good can we make people act? How well can we produce the music? How perfectly can we time this? How neatly can we film this? At what perfect time of day can we shoot this? Every decision is made in, with the eye of quality that's connected with a few people. But this isn't how I would argue. This isn't an argument. This, isn't, this is us, you and me, romancing in this idea of what it is that we actually bring if we really were to compare it. It's the fact that if you are a company that is looking for creativity, because we regard creativity as a value that we look for, <clears throat> you can hire a company that has a system a system in place to try and minimize risk. And minimize risk means minimizing creative risk. It also means limiting the liability of individuals. So you have a large group of people where nobody takes individual responsibility for your project. In other words, nobody's head is on the line. So nobody's really going to fight for something. They come up with an idea that will be basically acceptable for everybody because they have to do all the due diligence. They have all the focus group information because that's how they've understood what people like. Focus groups. Except it's a very strange way of learning what people like, because you can't know really what people like. You can't be in their heads. You can just put them in front of you. And so these are the people that are then going to come up with some kind of concept that is acceptable for everyone. And they send it to a film production company that they know. And they tell them, this is the idea. Film this idea. And that production company is not going to take responsibility for it either. And so now you have a whole bunch of people who, who are all working on a project that nobody really takes individual responsibility for. And so you might get something that looks fine but it will never be something that feels creative that feels new and in the end what we want is things that feel new and things that feel high quality we like handmade things we like things that feel like there's someone behind them when people see our videos they feel the someone behind them they don't feel a marketing team they feel the voice of a few people they feel a singular voice that's what people love about it and it's real I don't think we'll ever, ever have to conform to the system of the agencies because it's nonsense. It's, it doesn't, you, if you have some people who are competent, creative people who can do the work that we do, let them do it. Let them do it their way. And then watch what happens. Hmm. No, I have a point, man. You have a lot of points. <laughs> you have many points. You know what's funny? Just be true to, be true to yourself. <laughs> yeah. 
What were you going to say? <laughs> no, nothing, man. All good. I had to, I feel like that was a, a spot so, train. I had to get out anyway. It's, uh... <laughs> it's, I think it could be, of course, condensed. It, it could, of course, be cleaned up to demonstrate how the too many cooks of the agency system with no responsibility versus skilled craftspeople who are talented, creative, young, problem-solving, and well-oiled to work together, who will put their love and their quality into everything they do. That this is worth every penny, if not triple, ten times what you should be paying, what you're paying the other company. Because you're getting some value that nobody else can offer you. Like, there's no reason on earth why we should be cheaper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People make their products expensive and they justify it with, oh, I have expenses because they don't want pe they don't want to accept that they're worth a certain amount. But if you think of the real value that we add, like, it should come at a much higher price than it does. Nothing else, like, nothing else that people do can add that much value. And in some sense, we should... I wonder if we could talk to some consulting firms who would tell us, you know, based on the type of value you get from these schools or these institutions and based on their value their return their apparent return what would be a appropriate thing to be asking for your services i wonder i think that would be really cool i wonder what they would say To definitely say charge a bit more but even then you know what that's never it's never been about that and i think the more we follow it we both we all agree that it's this is not the place where we're creatively enjoying ourselves the most you know it's we're enjoying ourselves yeah. for the sake of it and i think i just sort of wanted to justify that the small doesn't mean worse in fact it actually means much 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 better the small team because you'll get it nowhere else and one day companies like whatever you know big big companies who want some real creativity that's where they'll be looking small teams like what we do and i don't want to add to the advertising noise of the world i'm i'm happy to make people laugh 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 happiness good vibes good vibes what are you reading where did i hear this this uh this guy called called uh, called today. He had an African accent. It was like, oh, I just I just, I just thought of you. I'm like, this is perfect. I haven't heard this in a Hello? while. <laughs> what? Exactly. Why are you calling me? I would like to make an order. I would like to make I an order. I would like to make an order. I I would like the the patata brava, please. Exactly, <laughs> <like a> brava. <laughs> and uh, two orders of the hamburgers. If you make the Hamburgers. Hamburgers. <laughs> Hamburgers. Uh, and I have I have a two order from my friend here who is from uh, Finland. No. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> he is not here. He fin is, uh, he, Finnish. He is my Finnish friend. He is asleep. But I will try to talk a little bit. In the way that the Finnish people talk. In the Finnish. It's, Finnish. it's not so good. 
not as good as his, but it 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 is little bit good. <laughs> you sound like you sound like Tar. Like what is his name? I make a mimic. Thing is, Finns wouldn't say I make a. Like that's not their. So that's the thing. You also have to sort of understand how they apply the English language. That's what makes an accent much more believable. So uh, I was reading an article about this writer called Muhammad Kilito, and he's uh, from Morocco. And this the the writer of the article is talking about how he writes, and he does not write with no time is not a thing in his writing. Uh, making sense is not part of his writing. It's just writing whatever he is thinking. So exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> The other day. And then he publishes that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, I was mentioning this to someone and they mentioned uh, uh, another book by a Portuguese writer. And it, this whole this book, which is considered a masterpiece, is... I'm going to try and find it right now. Uh, which is considered uh, a masterpiece is just a collection of his thoughts. Well, you know, maybe I'll just uh, like publish it at some point you know, with no much, not much editing. Yes. Like now, so I think it was, I think it was um, published after he he died, and people started disagreeing about the the things that were chosen or the order that were that they they put them in. So there's a, there's an art to it as well, I guess. Is I guess because um, what's disagreeing? It's uh, for this, like. it's a uh, it's a uh, it's called the Book of Disquiet by Fernando Fernando Pessoa. Oh, um, that's kind of interesting, man. Hey, that is really interesting. I like that. So it is an unfiltered and go to find saying nothing sorry what were you saying the the Moroccan writer was he was always bullied and he had always this thought in his mind of or question that he could not never answer should I write in French or should I write in Arabic and he he grew up with both languages he learned uh, French academically and then Arabic is his native tongue and people would, he would show a book in French, and people would be like, "Why are you writing in French? They don't want Arabs to be writing French. You know, write in your native language." And then he goes and writes in Arabic, and they say, "Why are you writing in Arabic? Write in French. It's a, it's a better way to write to write things." So he just he he never knew where to go, and he never knew where, what to write and how to write it. He never answered the question. So what did he write? What language? Both. <laughs> His notebook. Yeah, and yeah. What does he think about? And uh, he's he studied linguistics. Um, so a lot of it is about. I'm not exactly sure about linguistics, but um, specifically the art, the article is talking about failure, and and this this writer reflects in this book about uh, about failure and that. If if failure is part of the process or not, 
And for him, it is, of course, part of the process. I mean, how can failure not be and part said, of any process? Does he regret anything? What are these stupid questions, what, man? What's regrets, then? I hate these questions. These stupid questions. Yeah, you don't like the regret. No, it's just stupid questions that are asked. Like, the guy yesterday at the interviews was, who was interviewing these people was asking the same stupid questions. It's like... Nothing that was insightful psychologically. Just, do you regret anything? Well, I feel like I, I would have rather, you know, not spent all my money and done all that cocaine. But, you know, well, this is just where I am right now. Wow. It's like, what do you, what, what do you mean do you regret? Do you regret me? These people are, have complex thoughts, man. It's much more interesting to ask them. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well, try and ask a question, for example, that's not general. You know, try and ask a question that actually pertains to something he wrote. Mm. At least, otherwise, what's the point? Then we're just looking at it from the outside. For the author, when they write, I think, I believe they want the publicity to be about the writing, not about the author. Mm. I'm gonna. I'll s yeah. Anyways, yeah, you're right. You're gonna what? I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna r read it once again. The article and go more into depth because I think it's valuable. I think people are fascinated by just the unfiltered product of another another mind the book of disquiet is, a, is the Portuguese modernist master Fernando Pessoa's greatest literary achievement an autobiography or diary containing exquisite melancholy observations aphorisms and ruminations this classic work grapples with all the eternal questions now, for the first time, he, the texts are presented chronologically in a complete English edition, etc. Et wow. That sounds beautiful. I'm very interested. I will buy that book. It's a masterpiece, honestly. Have you read it? No, but I re I've read... I've About read, it. Uh... A little bit. No, I've read a little bit. Like a couple pages. And you know that whatever... What's written is, is, is holy. In some sense. There's there's weight with, with the words that he writes. Yeah, I see that. The Book of Disquiet. By Fernando Pachua. Bruno. Uh, I didn't see the match yet. I don't know how it went. I will watch the highlights. I'm. I like looking forward to highlights. Highlights. Do you have any aviation gin ideas for to wrap up tonight? <laughs> any more? Yeah. You know, like. Uh, let's just set a scene. You know, it's um. It's a guy on a walk with his dog. Now let's connect it to aviation gin. <laughs> Yeah.
He's singing. He's very happy. But he's in the middle of nowhere. I'm not sure where this is going. I feel like somebody's gonna mug him with a broken bottle at the top of the mountain. What if it's just a whole story? Just keep going. <laughs> exactly, he gets mugged. <laughs> like the... <laughs> the following is an advert advertisement about aviation gin. <laughs> and, and then for the rest of the film, He's... never ever mention the gin again in any respect. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's like a documentary about... Racism. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think it's just like a man overcoming a mountain would be pretty funny because there's no nothing racy about it. And it's like, oh, you set it yeah. up just the following is an advertisement for aviation gin, American whiskey. <laughs> and just, <laughs> but it never ever comes back to it. It'd be a great, it. like, very well produced um, adventure. And the whole time, every time you, it's like we're taking it seriously and has to make it seem like we're taking it seriously. But every time we're about to hint towards something that would seem like a connection to Jin, but yeah. it doesn't go the way that they expect. Like uh, drinking something, finding juniper berries. <laughs> well, maybe that's almost too obvious. There has to be. No, no, like. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I you're mean, right. You're right. I, that's I agree. Part of it, drinking yeah, right? something, drinking juniper berries, uh, their thirst. Like about the to thirst do it. was, you know, growing, and. Maybe he needed to quiet his mind, you know, things like that, which are like spiritual problems alcohol. between alcohol, you know. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a great writer. What if it's about an, an like a, like a alcohol, what is it, AA meeting? <laughs> Hi guys, my name's Dave. Hi Dave. I drink too much aviation gin. <laughs> I don't know where this is going, but it's just like completely unexpected. Well, sometimes what you like go the opposite. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, yes and that's the the rule of improvisation. Yes and. Also, hi yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. My name's Dave, and I drank too much aviation gin. <laughs> is it too much? Because <laughs> in the end, it's a support group for some form of interaction with aviation gin, right? Like so. Is too much the first thing that we think of? Or could it be... I, I drank... I don't know where this... This could go anywhere. And I drank aviation like it, it gin. Could be... Just How about just like, I drank it. So it's a support group for oh, people yeah, who yeah. drank it. Okay, so what happened? What, what exactly. wrong with that? Well, we should just do, we should just do it in improv... Um, straight off the dome. Just the yes and. Oh. So, you said... You open it up. Uh, a man. Uh, no, no, you have a character. It's just dialogue. Is... Oh. Hi guys, my name's Dave. Uh, I had my first aviation gin uh, two days ago. Hi, Dave. And uh, thank you. Uh, it was it was an uplifting experience for a bit, but uh, I don't know. What do you? What do you? I don't know. It was it was. I, I just drank it. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. Uh, well, what it sounds I, like I really don't know what, what I don't. I've, I don't know anybody who's tell What me. it sounds like is you don't know a lot of things. 
I feel like I heard you say I don't know maybe about nine times in the space of 30 seconds. I was like, are you- is he still in his character? <laughs> it's like, I am a character, I'm trying to improvise, but I don't know what to say. I- I don't know. I- I uh, don't know. I've- What are you guys' experiences? <laughs> well... <laughs> the way I pictured the setup was more... Hi, my name is Dave, and I drank aviation gin. <laughs> so it's not about, like, it has nothing to do with time. It's like, this is a thing that I did. I did it. Okay. And so the suggestion is like, why is there a support group? You're immediately wondering. There's the... Some complic... What is this? Why is it... Wait. Hi, Dave. And Dave says... It was slow at first. <laughs> Maybe even... Quiet. You could say. And, uh, I didn't really see much coming. There's some nodding in the room, you know. And, um, I came home one night. It was late. And, uh, my wife was already asleep. And I opened the fridge. And I grabbed a sandwich. <laughs> and... And I took the sandwich... Out of the case, out of the Tupperware. And put it in the microwave. And then... I couldn't have expected... That the microwave... Wasn't plugged in. So I plugged in the microphone, the microwave, and then I put the sandwich in the microwave, and I made the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and then you continue. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the story could be more. Some maybe the story could be more interesting, <laughs> but again, just like all of our other ads, it's like you set it up and it never ties back into it. <laughs> <laughs> Aviation. So it's just, it's Aviation. Just, no, it never ever ties back into it. That's the point. It's just like hi. It starts with support group. <laughs> like, and I tried Aviation Gin, and then he starts telling a story, but it never leads to Aviation Gin and never goes back to the support group. So it's like title card Aviation no, Gin. It, it, but it never says it again. It never even ends on Aviation Gin. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just from that point on, you don't go back. It's just because it's it's not gonna make sense to people. Because we're wired to feel like, okay, you said that it came from you, now remind us that it came up from you. you. But it's just like, you're looking for it. Like, I don't see the connection. You said this is for you, but I don't see why. It's perfect. It's so much better than other ideas. People forget the, the value in, of um, confusion. To confuse people. Because it leaves you thinking. You know, confused. Why did they, why did they spend money on that? Doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay, but because why does it make? Why do you spend money on anything to advertise? To put my product in your brain. Stuff it, profit. Sweet man. Okay, so <laughs> I think those are actually some pretty funny concepts. <laughs> 
or just like <laughs> start on something and never ever go back. Never. Because it's like, in some sense, when you start a video on anything, you have to sort of manage the expectations of the video early on. And by setting up your audience... Yeah, you break the expectations. Well, setting up your audience with a certain set of expectations allows you to actually really play with the interaction. That's what the Coen brothers did with Fargo. Oh, yeah. They said it's based on a true story. <laughs> It is not. Well, in, wow. insofar as they read a headline once that said, man tries to kidnap wife. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, that's all you can say. And they found it. And that's that enough. Was it. That was all they needed to, uh, to write their own stories. Some of this was filmed before the pandemic. <laughs> but most of this was not. <laughs> The parts, however, are up to you to figure out. Oh, yeah. And everyone starts trying to, like, this becomes a national thing, trying to dissect video whether or not we broke the rules. And then in doing so, Deerfield gets, like, 250% more application. <laughs> more attention, more attention. And on that, on that note. Funny how I can outlast you even though I'm in the European time zone. <laughs> you have been no, going been another going hour, I know, 54 minutes longer. Yeah. And I know you're distracted. I hear all the clicking. <laughs> this is what I do. I have this like square, the square thingy. I try to put squares around my subjects on the background of my... On my background. <laughs> around my subject. That's it. Yeah, I, I feel that. No, to me, I don't take it as an offense. I think the whole beauty of this type of podcast format is that it's also sort of a hangout type of thing. You jump in and you say whatever you want. There's no real rules. If you're engaged, you're yeah. engaged. If you're not, you're not. Otherwise, you get that fake conversation that tries to keep conversation alive. It doesn't stay alive, it's over. Um, That's true. That's exactly what it is. Natural. But you know that as soon as we, let's say we stop recording, which we do, then you can just kind of chill. <laughs> and then you're like, hey, you want to watch something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In some sense, we're out, we are on a ship. What, what if it's like, this is just, this is how the relationship is. It's just, we're always on record. <laughs> uh, just a relationship where that's just how it is. Like, wait, a, wait a minute. <laughs> Nothing that you say is, is leaves. It's always there. I mean, it's actually kind of a funny experiment to say that from henceforth, for a certain period of time, Every single communication between us is on record. It'd be a nice skit, man, because, like, if, what if a conflict happens between you two? Like, well, in episode 3, minute 27, you said this. And I'm like, no, I did not say that. No, what if, you know. And then you play it back, and so you keep using <laughs> those pieces against exactly. each other. Exactly. 
Your mom. Your mom. Your mom. Your mom. <laughs> do, you, do you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> like they're just they're live. They're the the existence that they have lived together in the same space is segmented into episodes. Well, the thing about the distance is that you can legitimately isolate all of your interaction to being recorded. Because you can't do it in real life, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a funny experiment. It's a cool idea. So you have like a whole bunch of random like 32 second episodes. <laughs> Why? It's like, hey, what do you have to do? Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. I need to go take a shit. Oh, okay. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> See you there. And stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Like that, that, that could be, that could be a character in a in a in a show. That's all we see is him talking to this pen pal of his. Except you you but only see one side of his. Like it's the brother of the main character, for example. And you always hear him talking, and it's really interesting to hear his side, but you never hear the other side. Yeah, or the, it's like Darius, for example, in the Atlanta. He's, but this guy's recording into a podcast mic. Come on, like it's <laughs> like, wait, it's different. It's different, but it's just the the relation. <laughs> Who is he? It's like, if, in some sense, if you were doing this a couple of years ago before Bluetooth headphones, people would be like, wait, what are you doing? This guy's yeah, he's talking to himself. Now the assumption is no, but you know, back then, back then they also have recorders. Then they go, they click it, they start talking to themselves like. This. You know, Friday to two forty-five p.m. <laughs> Study. I th yeah, that, that was how they reminded themselves, right? When they didn't have phones, or like write, written, written stuff down, of course. What the? But there are people who who organize themselves with audio. What ambience do you think we should put behind this episode? Ambience. Well, did you hear the ambience for the last episode? I don't. I don't listen to them, man. <laughs> you should listen to two parts. What? Well, why? It's actually pretty great to listen to them, man. You get to re-listen to the conversations. You get to listen to them without thinking that you have to respond. It's a very different type of attention. <laughs> maybe I should. That wasn't. Uh, that wasn't the purpose in the beginning, but. Maybe I should. At least I've been enjoying it. I've been cracking up at a lot of parts. <laughs> what was the... Yeah, you said... What was the thing I said? <laughs> no, it's because the line disconnected, man. But you didn't realize. It was really funny. Scavenjoy. But you say it, like, behind in the background. She's like, yeah, I am organizing a scavenger hunt. So see you guys later. And I said bye. And while I said bye, over me, you said scavenjoy. Oh. Nobody heard it. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm ready to. On that note, it. And uh, stop. stop.